Hi, I'm Liam O'Rourke, and this week Jimmy Snuckles declared mentally incompetent and won't stand trial on the charge of killing Nancy Argentino. Who the hell were these prosecutors? Everybody knows Islanders don't feel head trauma in wrestling. Willa Monsoon wouldn't have accepted that plea. I'm G. John Chase, and I just want to throw my hat in on this whole Ricochet Osprey Vader deal. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think the match is good, but yet you just get a bunch of neckbeards having to complain at Vader, saying that he doesn't know what professional wrestling's like today. Well, I guess you can just fit me in that category as well, too. I guess we're both just too big fat pieces of shit. I'm Kuno Rourke, and if you've ever seen any photos of me, you will know I have a tremendous, majestic beard. People ask me, how do you maintain it? Simple. Shampoo, condition, oil, and comb every day. People say, Kieran, that's just vain. I say, no, I just love grooming. And I'm Old Man Jones. Someone with a haircut you can set your watch to. Someone who's so old that his bones are half dust. And yet, despite all that, I'm so hip when I look down, all I can see is pelvis. This is the panel for the 86th Squared Circle Gazette Radio. And you can hear us talk about first memories of professional wrestling next so if it's body slam side suplexes clotheslines drop kicks and power slams that you're after increase your library of wwf videos with some of these spectacular annual wwf events Hello everyone and welcome to the 86th Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Lemo Rock alongside Old Man Jones. Meh. <laughs> G John Chase. Mother about a bad piece of shit. And Kieran O'Rourke. Hi. <laughs> and we are back this week. A very sultry high. Is that a throwback to last week's bye that you gave? <laughs> no. no. You almost bored me on your Nicholas Cage impression. Oh, that's just... Which is also Bill Clinton. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little more a little more charisma than Nicolas Cage would be nice. Anyway, we are back this week to talk about not Bill Clinton or Nicolas Cage, funnily enough, but we are here to talk about your first memories of being a, uh, a fan of professional wrestling or just coming across professional wrestling for the first time. Kieran, this is a, uh, a topic that you suggested last week. and I'm just kind of curious why this came to your mind and why you thought this would be a good discussion point today. Uh, well, I was thinking about the kind of demographs of people, the wide range of demographics listen to this show, and obviously different backgrounds as well. We were talking about 1991. For ages I always thought that my first memory was, was watching a show with Hogan, like a profile show of Hogan when he was locking up with Slaughter. Yeah. And also he had a clip of Muta doing an elbow to him. Yeah. But I don't think it was some, uh, for WrestleMania that year because at the time timeline doesn't really add up for me right I'm not sure when it was but that was my first memory and I just, I just thought quite an interesting thing to see people's different take what people introduce people into wrestling and I'm, I'm keen to see if there's any kind of commonalities and things that come up that are kind of recurring things that drew, drew people in not necessarily you know the first thing they happen to see but the thing that they remember really kind of uh, hooking them in it's going to be a very interesting fun mm. show today yeah so but I distinctly remember that watching that show and seeing that, wow, look how big Hogan is and Slaughter are. Yeah. They're, they're big men. It's like, I, I knew about wrestling before that, but that was the first time I kind of saw it. It's like, ah, wow, that's pro wrestling. And it's kind of, kind of captured my interest straight away. Okay, so we threw this one out to you, the loyal listeners, on all the forums and, of course, on the Facebook page. For those of you who just do a little bit of housekeeping who haven't heard us before, you can, of course, go back to the archives at squaredcirclegazette.com and listen to every show we've ever done. You can subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Squared Circle Gazette Radio or like us on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash scgradio. And it's going to be, like I said, we, we threw this out to the loyal listeners. First moments of professional wrestling. How do you look back on this in hindsight? How do you feel these first moments shaped you as a fan going forward? So it's going to be interesting to see the kind of gamut of uh, different reactions we get today. Yeah, I I will say that Hogan footage did not influence my <laughs> in the slightest because I've never liked Hogan. <laughs> 
So there you go. We're going to start off with Crocodile on the F4B message board for his first memory of pro wrestling. So SummerSlam 1988, my overriding memory is Rick Rude's entrance for his match with JYD. The stripper music hits. Howard Finkel's voice introduces him as he swaggers to the ring with Heenan. He does one of his inner city sweat hog promos. My father cackles with laughter, Rude being his favourite wrestler, and he takes off his robe to reveal a JYD picture on his trunks with JYD's face on his, face on his crotch. Uh, my dad laughed even louder. Rude and JYD seemed larger than life to me and I thought it was great. I remember very little else of the pay-per-view. I know the main event was one of the things that led to the Jealous Eyes promo, but all that really stuck out with me was that Rude promo, music and Fink's voice before it. I guess it's because of Rude's presence and charisma and Fink's distinctive voice, but I wasn't old enough to really understand how Rude was insulting JYD or Roberts. I look back on it now and understand why my dad was laughing so much, and with a great appreciation of how incredibly good Rick Rude was at promos and the effortless way he seemed to carry himself, and Fink is still my favourite ring announcer ever. Influence-wise, I guess it made me pay more attention to the guys who tended to cut promos and laid the groundwork for me cheering Sean over Marty when he threw him into the barbershop window. Hey. It made me a lifelong Rick Rude fan, of course. In his case, different to you, Kieran, the first guy that he sees and remembers is, is somebody he immediately draws to, Rick Rude, and of course, heel fandom. Mm. Yeah, one common thing with me, though, is, is that larger-than-life when they see these guys. Uh, that was like that first thing, the impression of Hogan and Slaughter. Uh, so I, I get that. Um, yeah, I just want to say though, I, I, although I was a Sean, obviously a huge Sean fan, I, I did didn't like him when he put Marty through the glass. What a bastard! What a bastard! I in that up, leather jacket broke up the rockers. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was something I could not abide for <laughs> for many a year until the ladder match at, at Mania turned. So I just wanted to put that out there. Of course. Well, at least Marty got to break the glass window because he was never going to break the glass ceiling. <laughs> well, there you go. Pat Dooley on the Facebook page says the WWF made these cheesy little thumb wrestler toys in the 1980s. I knew who Hulk Hogan was because everyone knew who Hulk Hogan was. Someone got me Hogan, Iron Sheik, Hillbilly Jim, and Big John Stud thumb wrestlers, and I would always play them. What a rogues gallery that is, by the way. <laughs> I bet those matches were still better than the real ones, by the way. Uh, oh, yes. The first vivid memory I have of watching was my dad's friend loaned me a tape of WrestleMania 7. I know I'd been watching before that because I have some vague memories of some stuff from 1989 and 90, but I remember almost everything from that one particular show. I was eight, so I didn't get that the Iraqi sympathizer thing was tasteless and crass. I just wanted to see Hulk beat up the bad man, and boy did he ever. I was absolutely hooked. For the next 12, 13 years, I was a voracious consumer of everything wrestling. I watched every episode of all WWF shows, started watching WCW after Hogan jumped, but watched WWF all the while. But it all started with those thumb wrestlers and Hogan winning the belt for Murica. <laughs> interesting one though because again the, the Hogan influence and, and, and being sucked and drawn to Hogan two very different uh, initial bits of feedback there where one's drawn in by the heels one's drawn in by the baby face so Carl I, I'm going to throw this to you now it seems appropriate because I kind of want to get to our kind of first memories we talked about Kieran's at the start throughout the course of the show were you a Hulkamaniac immediately Carl is that what drew you in or was it the big man brother Jack dude <laughs> it wasn't just the similarity in ages it was more style. I was going to say more the similarity in hairline and and, and poor facial hair, I think, is, is was the real clincher. <laughs> My earliest memory was actually the the gravest challenge, oh, and it was a dark day in the Jones house. <laughs> <laughs> seeing that, seeing that beautiful chrome dome, get taking the worst tombstone pile driver anyone can which, ever see. But she had the audacity to actually claim an injury from as well. <laughs> what a worker. <laughs> What a wanker! Is <laughs> the way you're looking for. Eh, potato, potato. <laughs> um, but no, the, um, Survivor Series '91 was my my earliest memory back on the days of uh, the pay-per-views being on Sky Movies on the old Amstrad box with only 16 channels. 
Fucking hell. So Hogan but, was your guy? Uh, Hogan, Hogan was my guy immediately. And was I, he what, what drew you in? Yeah. Why? Just drawn in by the good guys in general, and then there was the, you know, the larger-than-life character above all of them being Hogan. So I mean, quite, quite a simplistic one for me in, in that sense. I was one of those that generally just cheered for the babyfaces as a kid, except for the bushwhackers. They were the I, exception. I hated the bushwhackers, <laughs> even from an early age. I'm, I'm trying to think though now. When when did I actually just turn on Hogan? And it probably would have been sometime in '97, I think. Mm. Not that late. Mm. Yeah. Well, you say that late. Yeah. So you you you're on his side. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, but you were all you were on his side all the way through the Dungeon of Doom. I hadn't seen that at the time. Oh, you I wasn't. Lucky I wasn't, bastard. I wasn't. I wasn't watching Nitro at that point. I only saw that stuff in retrospect. Ignorance Had I seen that earlier, yeah, we, <laughs> this could have been a whole different story. Okay. Uh, Crimes of Fashion on the FOW board says his first memory is Randy Savage hiding behind Elizabeth as George Steele slobbered and lurched at him. It totally blew my preconceived notions of masculinity and morality that this big strong guy was the villain and hiding from the monster who was the hero. Totally changed my life, he says. Uh, Scott Malbank on the UK fan form says my earliest memories of wrestling are as follows and they all kind of blend together in my head so I assume they're from in or around the same time. A vignette of Macho Man pushing Elizabeth down a waterfall or something. <laughs> I've never seen the vignette since, but I distinctly remember him pushing her off and it going to a wide shot of her falling. Now, I could be getting this confused with the opening credits of The Fall Guy, but this was a vignette that happened in my head, which it actually was, in fact, we've watched this before we went on the air. Uh, Jesse Ventura and Macho Man cackling as they try and teach Liz how to swim, what and he won- pushes her off. Yeah, what wonderful heel laughs. <laughs> Ventura's is just unmatched. Oh, it's superb. I mentioned there in one of the earlier emails about the think. Yeah. Isn't, doesn't that give you a nice sense of nostalgia, the Fink's voice? Yeah. Especially when you compare it to today's horrific ring announcers. It's oh, an FYI, the full guy was awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Scott Mabank also has the Heart Foundation stealing Matilda. I just googled this and it turns out it was Heenan and the Islanders. Uh, approximately 30 years of lies, he says. Uh, Dynamite Kid's anti-smoking PSA. I remember not being able to understand a single word he said, but the point was made because of something coming out of the dog's ear holes. I don't know what that means. Uh, Bret Hart telling me not to smoke because it wasn't cool was another one. I listened to him until I was 14 because he looked cooler than everyone else on the roster. Oh, and Bad News Brown hitting Bret Hart with a ghetto blaster after they shared the win of a battle royal. That happened, didn't it? And essentially turned Hitman goody? <laughs> so this is at WrestleMania 4 we talking about here. The, uh, the, ba- the, the usual standby yeah. lazy book of battle royals. Yeah. It's Kieran's, <sighs> Kieran's favourite WrestleMania opener. Yes, indeed. Funny ones there, though. These, like, the, the, the PSAs. I don't remember. It's some of my earliest memories myself, actually, like, the, uh, in WCW Worldwide, which is where I first saw wrestling regularly, the uh, the anti-steroid PSAs when when Titan was getting all the heat and seeing guys like Pillman and Sting telling people not to do drugs. I can't imagine Scott t- Steiner of all people telling people not to use steroids. I don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine the two are related anyway. But my, my favourite um, PSA was has got to be you know make a difference for two. <laughs> yeah, it's time to make a change, Carl. Uh, Malachi on WrestlingForum.com says, Pro wrestling was in all honesty one of, if not the earliest thing I remember in my life. I forget the details, but I think it involved Hogan and maybe Andre, or somebody else getting hit with a wooden chair in a backstage interview. I really wish I could find out what it was before. Uh, sorry, because like I said, it's literally the earliest memory of my entire life. To me, life didn't exist before some dude got whacked with a wooden chair, and I've been a fan ever since. I was born in 82, and I would have been old enough to process and store memories, so maybe one of your amazing listeners can figure this one out. So, uh, unfortunately, 
here. I can't draw to what he, immediately to what he's talking about here in terms of like a, a angle with a wooden chair and Hogan. Unless it's Pio Piper being involved, sounds possible. With the wooden chairs on Piper's pit that he used to use. I'm trying to yeah, reach in, but there was never anything like that on the on the snake pit when when Roberts had his show or anything was there. All the maybe Piper and Adonis on the flower shop or something like that. I can vaguely recall something like that, but not not with Hogan. Yeah, no, neither can I. That's kind of the, the outlier for me. But uh, interesting though, because you mentioned there about how earliest memories and kind of. Yeah, they are his earliest memories in general they all kind of blend together G you were talking last week and we kind of re- mentioned this about how a lot of your when you're actually trying to figure out your first memory you actually couldn't put your finger on it either yeah um, whilst I'm only uh, a third of the age of Carl I also have like uh, pretty similar uh, memory problems I can't say for certain whether this is the first thing I ever watched of wrestling but it's the only thing I fucking remember as far back was uh, it wasn't necessarily like a particular match but it was just some slam 90 it was just like the whole thing and in terms of like harking back to some of the comments made earlier like the whole concept of watching wrestling was really fun but it was like these four acts that made me want to come back and watch more of this and like I I remember in the main event being more intrigued by Rude than Ultimate Warrior completely I I can't even put my finger on it like now I can but at the time I couldn't put my finger as to why Rude was more intriguing to me than the Ultimate Warrior character Two, the more obvious one, Savage just looked like a fucking god. Is this the one where he gets carted out? Yeah. As king, yeah. To be dusty. Yeah. This, this to me, like, as, as a kid, this, this was kind of like, at that time, was almost like the equivalent of seeing maybe Undertaker's entrance now, or Finn Balor's, or, uh, you know, Rusev or a tank or something like that, like a spectacle, because everyone else walked to the ring. Macho Man, Macho King Randy Savage was carried to the ring, right? And it was just the whole, like, with the, hearing the music for the first time, seeing the, his get-up and his mannerisms, um, Queen Sherry by his side, that the whole just... I've always been an advocate of just, like, you, you have to look good. Like, you know, your entrances are important because if people like tuning in, you have to get them straight away. And Savage, I thought, was, like, the freaking king of doing this like he, he he got you and he got me straight away where I just thought like every, everything else is kind of blurred uh, in terms of the, the later half of the show other, other than uh, Rude but the, 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 two, the two things of that show I really kind of took away Heart Foundation Facing Demolition and at the time like I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember seeing Crush um, but then again I think that's more of a, a you know, that, that's, that's a virtue more than anything um, but I just remember like thinking like Demolition looked like badasses and like, look quite, quite scary as well I guess uh, you know with, oh, with yeah. the face paint and like Axe is just awesome um, but like just just nice. loving just loving the Heart Foundation and I went into this when we did our podcast on, on favourite tag teams about my favourite dynamics and like the Heart Foundation were it for tag teams. There's there something about having the smaller guy and the big guy dynamic, in particular when like this big guy starts using the small guy as a weapon. Because they would always do the, stop, the spot where um, Hart gets onto the second rope in a turnbuckle, and then um, Anvil will grab him and body slam him. Onto, body yeah, slam, body, yeah. yeah, and I always loved that. And I loved it when Ray did it with any numerous partners he had. Edge was a good example. Yeah, Edge, um, Eddie, uh, Billy Kidman, whatever. And even to now, where you see like the rocket launcher from like Enzo and Cass and stuff, I just love that dynamic of like the small guy being used as a weapon. And I just remember watching this and thinking like. Down the line, Bret Hart was going to be my guy, but I, I was as equally fond of Anvil as I was at Hart when I first saw it because I just thought, right, okay, they're trying to keep Anvil out of this match. Obviously, later on, I realized, <laughs> later on I realized why they're doing this, but as a kid, as a six-year-old, I'm just thinking, it's because this guy's fucking dangerous. He's and like, when he does, yeah, he's fucking hard. It's like, when this guy gets in, he's going to kick fucking ass. So these guys were just like my fucking boys. And then like, the, 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 final, the final act that just got to me was fucking Big Boss Man, right? <laughs> 
when I saw Big Boss Man, right? Because I've already I stepped into the reason why I like Big Boss Man was was, was the, the enforcement and stuff. <laughs> I always I always respected law enforcement or any or any or any kind of um or any kind of emergency services. God, Fire, you must have really hated it. nails. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did, I did, and not for the reasons they would become later on. Um, but yeah, like like the same with like firemen or doctors, whatever like that. If they had a fucking fireman Steve fucking wrestler there, Firebreaker Chip, you'd have yeah, loved WCW. I would have loved Firebreaker Chip then. I would have loved him as well. From your uh, love for the village people, um, uh, no, because I didn't like Tatanka. Yeah. <laughs> ah, touche, touche. Well played. Um, as a six-year-old kid, because if I remember right, he he, he referees a match. Yeah, he bad news and Jake. Referees at bad news and Jake, and then later on he comes out with Hogan. Yeah, and I just remember, like in That's my six-year-old mind, because I hadn't seen anything beforehand. I didn't. I didn't think he was a wrestler. So in my head, <laughs> I just thought. Cop. I thought, okay. The, first off, this Snake Bad News Brown match. I thought, okay, this match must be so fucking dangerous. They've actually brought in a police officer to oversee it. And then, like, when the police officer starts getting a little bit involved in it, particularly with like the, the Hogan stuff later on, my my six year old mind was blown. Did because all of a sudden, I just thought, hold on a second. Are you telling me when I grow up, I could be a policeman? And a wrestler. <laughs> At the same time, I could moonlight as a wrestler if I'm a police officer. That's actually legal. That's allowed. I had the same dreams about Repo Man. <laughs> it was Mine's Duke Drosy. I, I, I just remember. Kieran's is Val Venus. I just remember as a kid, just my mind being blown that this police officer was actually a wrestler as well. And just thinking, this guy's a fucking man. Rude obviously like disappeared shortly yeah, after right. that. But those other three acts of, of Savage. Bossman and the Heart Foundation carried me through to like my ideal period, my my uh, most um, nostalgic period in '91, in particular WrestleMania Seven, where yeah. all those matches counted. So like I was fucking fuming when the Heart Foundation <laughs> last. I was fuming when uh, Savage retired, and <laughs> I and when, when Bossman got fucking screwed. At the time as a kid, I was just I didn't understand the DQ. I didn't understand. So, well, he cheated, so he loses the belt. The the the, the, the fucking pansy over there is is cheated. And like Bossman doesn't get the belt, and I was fuming, and that like translate, and that just it's all starting from like ninety, and my my fandom of these characters, it just translated through to like WrestleMania seven, the the uh, adulation of seeing Bret Hart beat Perfect finally, because I hated Perfect. He was the only heel that I actually had heat with. All the other heels <laughs> I generally liked, including Hogan. Perfect, I just hated. Yeah. I fucking hated him. And it was all because of Bossman. It was all because he screwed Bossman over. And so I cheered like fuck when Brett won the title. Andy Howe on the Facebook page also said SummerSlam 90. First match I saw was Demolition vs. Heart Foundation 2 out of 3 falls and I was hooked right away. I just saw this small guy use speed and skill against these big face-painted monsters and beat them. I still rate it in my top 5 events but it has definitely had the rose-tinted effect on me. Actually, SummerSlam 90, just to get the Coliseum home video uh, portion of this <laughs> proceedings was the first video I ever bought and uh, similar things to yourself I just absolutely love that show and watched it so many times um, in, in retrospect that show is not so good now. it's not so good it's a bit of a mess but again that, that, and that, but that's what I'm interested by that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this show is because yeah. for all the fucking hyper-criticism that people give rationalities I'm curious as to just what it is yeah, let's just see with your critical eye just what, what sucked you guys into wrestling and, and us too uh, Matt Apple on the Facebook page says my introduction to wrestling was thanks to my grandfather who wrestled for Steve Ricard's uh, New Zealand promotion I was five and he had recorded SummerSlam 89 the opening video was pretty cool for five year old me then Tony and Jesse welcomed us to the Meadowlands 
Okay, pretty entertaining. The hook, though, came with the opening match. The Brainbusters with Bobby Heenan versus the Heart Foundation. This match has forever remained a favourite and was one of my Desert Island 3. Uh, I think that SummerSlam 89 has been my most rewatched pay-per-view. So that's another shout for the Heart Foundation. Also, uh, so far, also quite quite a few shouts for a SummerSlam of some type, whether, yeah. whether it's 88, 89, 90, whatever. More, more so even at the, in this initial stage, more so than the Manias. Which I find quite interesting. Yeah. SummerSlam seems to be the uh, the doorway for a lot of fa- new fandom. Who couldn't love that SummerSlam '89 intro with you know all those people doing their lovely summer activities, <laughs> <laughs> meshed in with wrestlers' finishing moves? They, they need to bring back that SummerSlam music. Oh yeah, they so need to bring it back. Do you think the hearts? It's it's the pink pants. The pink, the, yeah, the pink, and Brett being the smaller guy mm. with, with the cool hair. Mm. Yeah, and maybe. the shades. The yeah. shades were cool as fuck. Paul Epton on the Facebook page with another great tag team listing. My first memory was Natural Disasters winning the tag titles for Money Inc. It was oh. shortly before my 8th birthday in 1992 when they won them, but it actually screened on my birthday in the UK on the 24th of July 92. We got Sky in midnight too, and my dad had secretly been watching wrestling when it screened on Sky Sports in the evenings. Mm-hmm. I'd gone to bed at my normal bedtime, but my dad came up and said he wanted to show me something. Keep it clean, lads. <laughs> oh. he, he told me to come downstairs and watch the Natural Disasters beat Money Inc. And then I was hooked on wrestling. For that reason, Earthquake and Typhoon will always have a big place in my heart. I marked out for them at SummerSlam 92 when they beat the Beverly Brothers. Ah, memories, he says. So there you go, the Natural Disasters. That might be a first. <laughs> and last. But just that thought of just like, come down here, son. Let me show you something. <laughs> and he just walks in to proceed to show him two fat basses with the shit out of a guy wearing a tie. <laughs> it's time, son. <laughs> it's time for you to become a man. It's time for you to see what a real man looks maybe, like. Maybe the dad hated the wrestling and they thought that showing him that match was like, this will fuck him up. He'll yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, stop him eating all those you know, chocolates and stuff. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that's a ah. fat kid. Stop being fat or you end up like Typhoon. Mojo Jason on Pro Wrestling Only <laughs> says, two events that stand out. I know I was a fan for a long while before this, but the first vivid memory was of the Road Warriors driving a spike in Dusty's eye. Also, I can recall before that renting my first wrestling video, which was Mania 4, and watching it religiously over the next couple of days. The Road Warriors were always my team growing up in the 80s. My uncle, who was a few years older than me, would paint our faces up like the Road Warriors and we'd terrorise my other cousins. Looking back, Mania 4 is really weak, but the Road Warriors still kick ass and the angle is still great. This, of course, being the angle that got Dusty Rhodes fired. Oh, yeah, but, but the Starcade 88, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, in, in the aftermath of that, they, they yeah. vetoed uh, Rick Steiner beating Flair. Dusty, in response, because he wasn't used to being overruled, basically did the angle where, okay, well, I'm going to violate all of your blood and violence policies and do an angle where I get a spike in my eye. And they said, fuck you, and Dusty. Then, <laughs> then cuts the promo afterwards as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, well, we'll see you in the polka dots, I guess. Uh, S. Doyle Granger on the Facebook page says my first exposure to this business that we love came in the form of three and a half inch moulds of plastic that need only be described with one word Hasbro's <laughs> an older cousin of mine once left his figures and ring for me to discover at my grandmother's house and seeing as how I love comic book superheroes these mysterious muscle men fit right in with my other toys soon after that I was smartened up as to who and where exactly I could see these characters in action and as they say the rest is history that is where the addiction began Disturbed316 on TPWW says I was first introduced to wrestling after getting a Macho King Hasbro figure when I was about four from my nan who was a fan of wrestling. After that I got a Hogan figure and was watching it when I could and was absolutely hooked. This was probably around 1989. Been a fan ever since 27 years later. I remember the first time someone told me it was fake. It was my sister and I was eight. We were watching either Raw or Superstars and it was when Doink attacked Crush with his arm cast before Wrestlemania 9. She kept pausing it to show me that he wasn't really hitting him and kept calling it fake. 
wound me right up. <laughs> uh, Gordon the Goat from the UK fan form also says, When I was five, six years old, my brother came home from school with two colourful lumps of spring-loaded plastic. One adorned in yellow and red, the other orange with white stars. These Hasbro figures of Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage started it all for me. I didn't know what they were, but I knew they were the greatest thing ever. So, uh, the toys. Yeah. The action figures. As I say, I remember... St- I, don't know, I must have been a warrior fan because it was the warrior in the green pants was my first. Fan, yeah, yeah. That. Well, this is the thing that I my my the very first thing that I remember about wrestling because you were a fan before me, Q, and you got you got a couple of years on me. I remember walking around Toys R Us because you desperately wanted a Roddy Piper figure. Yeah. And I remember you bought the WCW ring with the fucking red cages ah, on the side. I remember yeah. a lot of the launcher. That was yeah. From, that's from Argos. Yeah. It was from Argos. Did that come with Sting? Didn't come with anyone. No, no, it came. I, I just remember because at the time I was as a young, a real young kid, I was hooked on game shows, and for some reason I thought <laughs> Lex Luger looked like Bruno Brooks. <laughs> so I, I, I was like, oh, okay, well I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> and uh, and for, and yeah, obviously my, my introduction to wrestling was basically through you, Kieran. And then obviously I would, I would, I would see drip feeds of shows, and I remember sitting. Yeah, I remember when our house got burgled, we got brought over to the neighbor's house, and sometimes like two had happened around that time. So I remember they played Warrior Savage for us to try and console us after our master system had been stolen. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's my that's my first memories of wrestling but yeah interesting that Hasbro's got to mention here because yeah. I'm sure that most wrestling fans listening to this at our age have probably got some kind of uh, similar experience mm-hmm. when it comes to the old three and a half inches <laughs> <laughs> did we all have wrestling figures around the table oh, yeah. of course yeah. I, that ring with the, with the sound effects was great I love that I had that one oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just play that again and again but um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have uh, probably as many toys as, as as most wrestling fans. I, I had I, three Hulk Hogan's, G. I bet that pisses you off. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! All that money went to him. Um, <laughs> the money for all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. <laughs> um, he wasn't? Did go to Jesse? I didn't. I didn't have all, all all the wrestling figures. I. I kind of filled that kind of void. Like once uh, I got back into wrestling and ended up collecting fucking loads of the bloody. Was it Jacks? Yeah, but Jacks then Jacks yeah. by then, yeah. But we were buying fucking all sorts for those. With most things that you would like when you were a kid, <laughs> was most of them the first memory of it being toys? Because it always seemed like toys came out before, no. like like if a movie came out, the toys always came out before the movie did. Uh, it was always it was always like them little cards for me. You know, you, you could, oh or shit! Sticker albums? Or? No, no, like they, they were cards. They were oh, always right. packs of cards. I mean, they might have come with chewing gum or something. Remember for the turtles. Oh, Mem- yeah, yeah, remember it for yeah, yeah. the very yeah. first Batman film. Yeah. It'd, I, it'd be scenes yeah. from the film and stuff. I'm just wondering how many people, along the lines of of the Hasbro figures, how many people got the figures first and then found out what the fuck they were actually holding in their hands, like freaking months later. Well, we can get to a few of them because there's actually yeah, some similarities to that as we go on. Fizanko on WrestlingForum.com says my first memory of pro wrestling actually comes from Rocky 3 when Rocky Balboa on a charity match was opposed by Thunderlips uh, while in my country wrestling was popular in the 50s and a bit in the 60s it nearly became extinct before the 70s when I was born so I grew up without it as part of my culture out of a few names that were popping up on uh, retro documentaries on TV from wrestling heroes of the time uh, wrestling was prominent here people like Alange Blanc so Rocky 3 was a shock to me because I discovered the wrestling universe thanks to a movie and Terry Bollera's Thunderlips was so incredibly huge that he seen basically a character you would see on those superhero comic books. Uh, several years after Rocky III's success in my country, US wrestling started to be aired on TV, and I remember clearly that the first match I watched was Hulk Hogan for the WWF, especially as he was the wrestling guy in my young head. Uh, I think it was a, a bit less than a year before the famous WrestleMania 3 match against Andre, and I know many friends of mine have, sta- have stated the same, that Rocky III really put wrestling on the mind of so many youths of my generation. So that's a pretty interesting one here, getting to know what wrestling is through Rocky. Yeah. The ultimate man versus the ultimate meatball. <laughs> it's <a> meatball. <laughs> Hogan's dialogue never did get much better in truth. 
It was his best movie performance by far, though. Oh, oh by a country uh, mile. I know that's faint praise, but you know. <laughs> Rob Lloyd on the Facebook page says, My first experience was the black WWF Superstars of Wrestling sticker album. Kids started swapping them around the schoolyard, so we bought a bunch just because everyone else had them. I always thought that, te- that Tito Santana and Kerry Von Eck were a tag team called the Texas Tornadoes, and how could you beat Jake the Snake if he was wrestling with a python in his hands? We then got Sky. <laughs> <laughs> we then got Sky in October of 1990. The first matches I ever saw was a Boss Man versus Perfect match and the LED versus Orient Express. I think it was a satellite's main event being shown on Eurosport 26 years and counting uh, Ramstein Mad on TPWW forum says the actual first memory is getting this sticker album for free with some local newspaper tokens back in 1993 my parents would give me pocket money to go to the local shop and buy stickers even though initially I'd never watched wrestling then my first actual memory of wrestling itself was watching the Raw when the 1-2-3 kid beat Razor Ramon I remember this because I was only 5 or 6 at the time and I didn't really know what was going on and my dad said he's going to fight the kid at the time he said this, the camera panned to a young child in the audience. <laughs> I thought my dad meant that Ramon was literally going to fight a kid. <laughs> uh, Caveman Lynn on the UK fan forum says, Sticker books. Must have been around 92 because I remember getting my one and only ever issue of WWF magazine which was hyping the Wembley SummerSlam and had a writing competition to win a clotheslining Undertaker toy. It was just the look of these guys. For someone raised on Thundercats and Ninja Turtles, it was mental seeing people who look like cartoons in real life. Those annoying four sticker profile pictures where you ended up trying to train off three of Mr. Perfect's left hip for the Mountie's snarling cheekbone. <laughs> the toys all looked boss. I'd never seen a single match, but Jake the Snake comes with an actual snake, Mom! The first matches I saw were WCW Worldwide bits that got shown on some Pat Sharp Saturday afternoon ITV show. Uh, I remember Rick Rude taking so many atomic drops that when he tried to hip swivel for the ladies, it hurt his back and it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Sting vs. Vader went to sudden death overtime where the first guy to have his knee touch the mat lost and nearly shit myself when Sting missed the clothesline and nearly fell as he hit the buckle. Did his knee touch? Did it touch? I'd only listened to this guy for a few minutes and he was my hero and just couldn't lose, could he? First WF was round some family's house. Me and my two brothers, their three daughters of our ages, so a bit of an attempted parental matchmaking perhaps, but scuppered by Raw on some TV channel they had called Sky. Adam Bomb had green fucking eyes. Santa Claus gave Doink the Clown a present, which turned out to be a little midget clown. I'm gonna call him Dink. <laughs> Sticker books. That's quite an interesting one. Of all the things to kind yeah. of suck you in. Oh yeah, I, I, um, I was I was a bit late to that dance, unfortunately. I, I was uh, the only sticker book I had from WF was the, uh, you know, the peak year, '93. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I, I was just there, just remembering uh, having a sticker book and uh, you know just having a few, few stickers remaining to get and just being frustrated with every single pack that my mom would spend. Uh, was it like a pound or whatever, whatever? You know, awaiting. For that shiny uh, Macho Man Randy Savage one, which I believe would be his ah, logo, right, and yet all well. and yet all I kept fucking getting was Bastion fucking Booger <laughs> and his freaking and his triple fanny leg fat. Did you did, did you did you ever get it? In the no, end, no, no. Oh. eBay it is. It's incomplete. Kieran, I've got a feeling you had this this sticker book. I was trying to think. Do takers, I... Taker on the front or Brown on the front? Undertaker's on the front. Takers on the front. Takers on the front. Oh, grey tie, grey gloves. Yeah. And, you had, and, and, and the first stick on each page of each character type would be a shiny, the shiny, light, shiny that's one, what I can which remember. had their logo, yeah. which you'd see on the Titantron behind them. That's what I, I think. I was thinking, did I have one? I've got a feeling you did, because I remember looking at yours, and yeah, I remember seeing the giant Gonzalez pictures in there yeah. and being impressed with how big it was compared <laughs> to Harvey Wimple. I, I remember being emotionally disturbed looking at the heavenly bodies. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> just seeing the Jiggle Jimmy Dalton. Yeah, but that's the <laughs> just looking, going. 
What? <laughs> just confused. Did you get mild trench foot just looking at it? Possibly. <laughs> I'm so confused by this man. I, I think I may, I may have had one of the sticker albums. I was, I was never as, as as big on them, to be honest, but I always got the annual every year. Oh, the, the annual. hardback annual. Yeah. Is it just to talk about these like seemingly supplementary merchandise products, which you think would be sold to fans, but actually it's penetrating the market through other means. Quite yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Harmonic Generator on the UK fan forum, speaking of, says, in a word, merchandise, to be more specific, the Ultimate Warrior colouring book. I remember that colouring book vividly. I saw it at Toys R Us and just had to have it. That guy on the cover in the face paint and tassels. I had no idea who he was, but he looked more like a superhero than actual superheroes. Uh, most of my early favourite wrestlers were because of that colouring book. I remember some of the middle pages featuring the British Bulldog, the Big Boss Man, and Carl's favourite tag team, the Bushwhackers. But above all... <laughs> It was the Ultimate Warrior. That purchase was followed up by a couple of Hasbros, the Bushwhackers again, Hulk Hogan, and of course the Warrior, and that big blue toy ring with a button you could press that said, BREAK IT UP! Yes. I love those toys, and I'll hazard a guess like put Warrior, Butch, and Luke over the Ninja Turtles and the Ghostbusters in several matches. My point is, having that merchandise, the coloring book especially, I've never forgotten how cool I thought that was. Formed my opinions of wrestling as something awesome. Without those pictures of the Warrior, or the way the Bushwhackers' arms went up and down, or BREAK IT UP! I just don't think I'd have ever been interested in the real thing, let alone still be watching it over 20 years later. So this really is quite a pattern here yeah. that we're seeing. Well, I, I was so emotionally invested in my wrestling toys and ring that I actually cried when my mother put her foot through the ring. Oh, what a bitch! <laughs> put her foot through the ring. So then, you know, the one Christmas, I got a second ring. That got dropped down the stairs and the turnbuckle broke. Oh, no. I shoddy I merchandise. I, could, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't bin it. So we got super glue and glued the ring post back on. Oh, I've been there, my friend. <sighs> used to break with every Irish whip. Just yeah, because we haven't actually mentioned this. When you first like get, got exposed to wrestling, did you realise it was work? I'm pretty sure I, re- I did. I did. I think I, I think need... that's that. That's dad probably. Yeah. Oh, fucking fake. <laughs> well, again, that, that's something that comes up an awful lot in here. Is when people get introduced to it, it comes with a carryout of it. it's fake, and most people tend to not care. Now, see, I. I didn't. I, I was I was in there hook, line, and sinker as a until child. we started the show. Uh, until yeah, until, <laughs> until we started the show. It, but even so, like my my old man didn't have the because he he'd watched a bit as well. So he, he never went. Oh, it's fake. What you're watching that for? He he actually went to the. Extent he tried of, to tell you it was a shoot. No, he didn't go that oh, far. Oh, that's a shame. But there were instances where he he, he came up, when um when the pay per view shifted to the, the later showing the twelve one a.m. the live airing the, the live airings and. and my mother had let me never let me watch him at the time. You know, you got school the next day. You can watch the repeat on Monday at four in the afternoon. Hater for that name. <laughs> my old man would actually come in from the on the Sunday and wait, come upstairs and wake me. Come downstairs. Why? Why? You can come watch the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Don't tell your mum. And then in his pissed up state, going ballistic as Bret Hart attacked Bob Backlund. Get him, Bret! Get him, Bret! <laughs> Even my even my dad was a sucker for the shades. That's amazing. At which point my mother came downstairs and uh, he told her I was already up when he got in. Oh, he saw you out of him. Oh, That's hysterical. All, 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 I'm, I'm saying this, Carl. All, all I can remember really is just being Get completely, com- being completely like suckered in into it. If, if, if I, if I thought you could, you know, moonlight uh, as a wrestler, even as a, a law enforcement officer, <laughs> you know, I was completely hook, line, and sinker into believing that everything was real. But like my dad, ever the fucking spoil sport that he is, <laughs> would just constantly tell me, "You do realise it's fake, right? You do realise that didn't hurt." Like he didn't even hit him, and just with increasing anger, 
from me just go no it's fucking real damn it <laughs> it's real because no it's fake it's real um, and just like just get more and more frustrated with, more and more frustrated with my asshole dad he wasn't even <laughs> watching the wrestling he was reading the paper which just felt like being a complete fucking dick to me as I'm trying to you know support my heroes why would Arn do that to you yeah <laughs> and he just and he just kept doing it and doing it and doing it but I got on my own back in the end later, much later on when he said wrestling's still fake and oh. he still does it to this day so belly to belly him true story yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you put him in a home <laughs> I belly to belly all the way him into the home yeah, see, I don't know when it was because I said before I, I knew of wrestling I knew wrestling was a thing mm. so unless maybe I don't know when World of Sport ended would, would I have maybe seen it as a child yeah. and I can't remember it mm. yeah for whatever reason I knew it existed I knew it was a thing and I knew it was it was a work. Just to tie okay. these two things in together, Daz M on uh, the F4W board says, Lying on my grandma's living room floor in that 1986 watching a World of Sport repeat while my grandma yelled at the TV because the heel was cheating. Years later she laughed because I was getting so involved in the WF storylines and I asked why did she do the same then when she watched British wrestling and she said because that was real. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I, 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 think probably, I think probably some of the tears I shed well, my dad was mercilessly teasing me. Was probably not, be, was probably because, to you? Was probably because deep down inside, I realised it was fake. It was that thing when, like, someone, when they finally tell you that you know that you're not, it's not real, and and, and you and you just adopted. <laughs> there were times. There was definitely times where I wished I was a milkman's. But um, <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it fingers in the in the ears sort of thing? No, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. But it's the same thing as when someone tells you Santa and you start crying, but but you realise deep down inside that you know reindeers don't really fly. Yeah, you knew it's a that lot. kind of thing. Hulk Hogan isn't really that tough. A wimp. He grew, he grew up in that mean, yeah. that mean neighbourhood in South Florida. Incidentally, <laughs> just, just quickly, Mr. Scorpio on the F4W boards. His first memory was seeing grainy footage from Sky of the main event of Survivor Series '87 with Team Hogan versus Team Andre. I was maybe uh, eight or nine years old. Did not really pay close attention to it, and so my fandom did not begin there. But a few years later, in '91, when I was 12, I saw a bunch of WWF tapes in a shop and recognised Hulk Hogan on the cover of WrestleMania 5. Out of curiosity, I purchased it, and from the opening bout with Hercules and King Haku through to the mega powers exploding I was hooked it was unlike anything I'd ever seen by the age of 12 I knew it was a work or as our friends would call it fixed rather than fake but that did not diminish my enjoyment of what the show was I must give special mention to Monsoon and Ventura the soundtrack to the show was so important for someone who knew nothing about the wrestlers and storylines they were able to easily convey to a novice viewer enough about the wrestlers personalities and motivations for me to understand what I was seeing and not feel lost 25 years later and I remain a fan so that's an interesting one. A bit of a nod there to some of the, like, the non-wrestling personalities we've heard Fink before mentioned, uh, Ventura, Monsoon. I kind of got the same thing. Of like some of my earliest memories are hearing the calls. Yeah. Like the, distinctly, mm. I'd re- Jim Ross in particular. When uh, when uh, one of my one of my legitimately earliest memories is uh, Ron Simmons being invaded for the belt when we watched that on Worldwide. So I remember Jim Ross screaming, "Ron Simmons has won the world title!" It's like th- th- those those uh, those great calls from these legendary commentators does really burn in my head. Ventura was absolutely vital for me. Uh, I barely remember Monsoon, but because Ventura just kind of like for me just just hit right into my mind of what I wanted to hear. Because he, even though he was an asshole, and he always supported the heel, everything he said was right. Was right. <laughs> he never lied. He never like shone away from it. And he was he always did the great thing where. If the he if the heels cheat, he'll just go. He wouldn't just turn around and say, "I didn't see anything." He'll turn around and say, "Of course they cheated." Ha <laughs> ha! Of course they cheated. That's how you win the match. But as soon as the babyface did something similar, and Gorilla ignored it, he was fucking on him like a shot. Yeah. He goes, "Oh, the double stands are." And that's when, like, as a kid, I was just like, "Yeah, what the 
fucking asshole yeah. what a double standards and, and, and Ventura I, I think I've probably said this before Ventura is like hands down the reason why as a kid um, whilst I did like a lot of the baby faces I, I really ventured towards a lot of the heels the type of macho mans and the roots who Ventura would, would push heavily oh, yeah. on, on the mic and stuff I, that's why I completely bought into them and you it's why all the guys Ventura liked yeah. and, and it's why like you know like at first when I initially saw Hogan I liked him but it was when like I watched him when I got like Wrestlemania 5 and six uh, uh, back to, to watch and in particular five and watching like Ventura's thing where it's just like oh, I don't quite like this guy as much anymore mm. as, 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 same with Ultimate Warrior when really like you know Rick Rude disappeared after he faced Ultimate Warrior and then fucking Ultimate Warrior retires Macho Man I was like I don't like this guy as oh, much anymore like this guy's yeah. <laughs> but like this, this, but Ventura was absolutely just vital for that for me see Wyatt Sheepmask on the UK fan forum says my first memory of it was my brother looking through the Argos catalogue and he'd always go straight to the WWF toys I always that's what made them so much better than the WCW ones at the bottom of the page and was often told that the WWF sounds way better it's got two W's in it so does <laughs> WCW I'd say <laughs> All right then, it's the F. <laughs> After that confusion, I... and me thinking that it was just a sport watched by the dyslexic, my brother borrowed a copy of SummerSlam 91. He was already watching it when I came downstairs that day, so my first match experience will sadly never be something that involved power and glory or the warlord. No, my first match that started it all was Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect for the IC title. At that age, at six years old, I was instantly absolutely mesmerised by what unfolded. This is great. He was winning. Now he's winning. Now he was. Now he's won. Why is he ripping his clothes off? From that point, I sat glued to the rest of the show, and the Ultimate Warrior became my hero, which is still very much the case today, political ramblings and beliefs on sexual preference aside, <laughs> but there's always, ma- there's always believe mantra being something to follow. If I, don't be- if I don't believe myself, how can anybody else ever do so? So much so, I carry those words with me in the form of a Warrior-inspired tattoo on my left calf. Uh, looking back on that first viewing experience, could there be a better place to start with as a young boy in 91? Perhaps the only thing that could top it is the Warlord... It's <laughs> the Warlord. Perhaps the only thing that could top it is the Warrior Savage match from Mania 7 which I bought on VHS soon afterwards and it was kept at my grandmother's house for some reason the two names that have actually come up quite a bit so far are Bret Hart and Warrior have you noticed mm. just, just as an aside to that why is he ripping his clothes off why won't Alfred Hayes let Bret's dad speak <laughs> I always love that I think, I think Savage and well Hogan, there you have it <laughs> I, I think Savage and Hogan's names come up pretty often as well yeah, it seems, seems to be like the four main pillars the main, well I think I think, I think uh, hearing uh, Hogan, uh, Warrior, and Savage is, is quite like on the nose. It's a bit obvious. Anyone that was watching wrestling in the eighties saw those guys. But it's interesting to see that Bret Hart, the quite early on, is is getting so, such recognition. Like if, if you're talking about people who started watching in the mid nineties, then fair enough. But it's not. It's people who started watching in the late eighties. Yeah. And like you know, because as I said, whilst I, I was a massive fan of, of, of Bret, it was just like uh, Savage was still the Mac Daddy. He was just like he was just a tag team guy. But it's amazing that a lot of people just hone on him in on him specifically yeah. maybe there was a bit a bit of a subconscious element to it as well though in the, in the sense that you talked before about you know Jesse you know you could tell who he really thought highly of in the same way Jesse would and Monsoon would when it came to Brett yeah you know Brett wasn't just one of sort of the mid card at that back then even even though sometimes he was treated like that you know Monsoon would always go sort of Really out of his way to put over how yeah. good Brett he was. Over the, Brett, yeah. Yeah. Excellent execution. The amount of times he freaking said that in one match. Yeah, yeah. Watch that. Watch back. That's always 
kind of for this guy in that position to get that mm. protection from the comment he was always quite interesting Alex Reitmark on the UK fan forum says the year was 1993 and I was at this older dude uh, who I became friends with House uh, he was a huge wrestling fan but I didn't really get into it until 97 my first memory was him watching the main event of Wrestlemania 9 between Bret Hart and Yoko Zuna uh, I had no, no idea who either were so my uh, first impressions of Bret Hart were that he wore pink and had the last name Hart that's well girly and <laughs> oh he's a bit of a plumper at Yoko Zuna <laughs> So Mr. Fuji threw salt in Hart's eyes while he had Yoko in the sharpshooter and Yoko would then proceed to win the WWF Championship which disappointed my mate and his mate we didn't get along. Uh, then to my joy Hulk Hogan entered the ring to call shenanigans on what had just happened. I knew of Hulk Hogan thanks to Suburban Commando and playing WWF superstars on some girl's Game Boy in the park and I was marking out. Mr. Fuji challenged Hogan impromptu for the WWF title and I knew he had it in the bag. He was a big movie star. <laughs> <laughs> then Hogan won the title and my seven year old self was over the moon yes Hulk Hogan won the belt woo I must have said I don't remember what I do remember was my mate and his mate saying who cares who cares if Hulk Hogan won the title I was flabbergasted but he was in Suburban Commando, I replied, before they cut me off with another, Who cares? <laughs> Years later, I would understand where they were coming from. I fell out with that lad days later. <laughs> so again, another outside the business uh, nod there, another movie nod for the, for the Hulkster. Yeah, God. Kind of all the same era so far, really, though. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no, no young A lot audience. of people are age. I wonder if in 20 years people are going to say, I wasn't into wrestling until I saw uh, the social outcast in the Marine 5. <laughs> <laughs> Noid on TPWW forums says, The first time I really became aware of wrestling is when I got an inflatable Goldberg toy for my birthday or Christmas or something. I didn't know who the guy was but he protected me from evil Santas and the like. I'd heard a bit of scuttlebutt about wrestlers on the playground at school. The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and even Rikishi came up. I think people forget how over that guy used to be. I also remember reading an old wizard magazine that had a Who Would Win section dedicated to a hypothetical match between Kane and Mr. Ass. Oh, <laughs> God! Unfortunately for Carl, they put Kane over, and they didn't fight into mutual oblivion. <laughs> Everyone's a loser with that one. Everyone. But, but my first memory actually watching was a Smackdown segment from the Thanksgiving edition in 2000. William Regal was the European champion, cut a promo ripping into America, which I thought was hilarious. It contains the hilarious line, what the hell is a rugrat, which gets met by asshole chants. The Rock interrupted him and besmirched Mr. Regal's words, eventually telling him that the fans would love it if The Rock went to the ring and proceeded to wallop your candy bum all over Fort Lauderdale. I was honestly not a big fan of The Rock when I eventually became a fan, much preferring Austin. But the friend that was introduced me to wrestling love this. What I really remember about this promo are Regal's facial expressions. Mm. My friend and I still laugh about them now. To this day, Regal is still one of my favourite professional wrestlers ever. I love this. What I love a, a Regal nod. I love yeah. the Regal nod because what a, man. I, a real man's man. <laughs> I just, I, similarly, Regal was getting a big push in 93 WCW and there was tons of that on Worldwide. Obviously the British Bulldog in 92 for the WWF and Regal as a heel in, in 93 WCW. I always thought it was quite funny because he was one of the guys who would get a lot of TV time in 93 and it always just amused me so much with his little idiosyncrasies that he has it's just Regal, uh, Regal hooked me in man I loved him and at that point they were sort of really playing up a, he was playing up a camp element wasn't he oh really okay, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the limp wrist the limp wrist the back. And, yeah. and uh, what was it Sting called him in that one promo he's a bit fruity <laughs> <laughs> So said the stinger, but um, when I when I think of Regal's facial expressions, the one that immediately springs to mind is when he drinks the tea after Jericho. Yes. After Jericho's <laughs> taking a leak in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. I also remember a, a vague episode of SmackDown from 2000 where Undertaker poured a cup of tobacco juice on his head, and he got to do the the great face there as well, where they're selling horror. <laughs> the man's man videos. When, when, after he's chopped down the trees, that look of satisfaction <laughs> and a nod. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Squeezing the orange juice. Oh, we love you, Regal. Yeah, so that was our first uh, 21st century one. Yes. 2000 was on. Indeed, yes, 2000. Yeah. Air Raid on the UK fan forum says my actual first memory is a crap story because I barely remember anything, so it's not really a story. I was round a mate's house after karate waiting to be picked up and he had it on. I remember hardly anything except my old man picking me up when I mentioned that Gareth had put the wrestling on. Raid Senior, who was a boxing fan, went off on a bit of a tangent about that fake rubbish. So there you go, G. My first real memory was being around a different mate's house and he had loads of the trading cards and a couple of Hasbros. I asked, why do you watch that? It's fake. He he passed me a cassette in a generic box borrowed from his sister's video shop and simply said, just watch it, showing remarkable restraint for an eight-year-old. I got the tape home and it was WrestleMania 6. I was engrossed almost immediately from Vince's ultimate challenge spiel. Listen to what he's saying. How could a small child not immediately think that is a big deal upon hearing it? By the time Demolition were making their entrance in the jam-packed Skydome, I was hooked. The characters, the music, the way Gorilla and Jesse talked about every match like it really mattered. Earthquake's been sending people to hospital. That cunt bad news Brown pulled Roddy Piper out the rumble even though he was already out. The Hearts have already challenged the winners of the tag title match. Speaking of the Hearts, Brett Counting along with a pin as he looked into the camera after him and Anvil splattered the Bolsheviks in 40 seconds instantly made him the coolest fucker on the face of the planet. I was livid that Mother called me down for tea before the main event started because I just didn't want to stop watching and the next morning I was Scott to Scott copying that tape as soon as I was up. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I was around Simons, I told him I loved the wrestling. The next tape he lent me was Survivor Series 1990. I really could do a small essay on how Bret Hart's match on that tape made him my hero and solidified him as my favourite wrestler for most of the next ten years, but that's besides the point. So yeah, my earliest real memory of wrestling is a lad putting WrestleMania 6 in my hand and saying, just watch it, I'm glad I did. So, another nod for Bret. Something I didn't realise <coughs> I missed until recently. Was Vince McMahon's introductions to oh, all these shows burning where, his where, vocal cords? Yeah, yeah. Whether it was the Rumble where he was just telling you like the Warlord, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. You know, he just gave you all the names. Oh, <laughs> and Zeus. <laughs> yeah. or, or just when, when it's just like uh, was uh, the, you know you talk about the Ultimate Challenge, or I think like the Mega Powers Collide. Yeah. You know, just whatever he was, whatever he's trying to promote. I don't know, I missed that, I missed that intro where it's just this, this random ramblings of this madman <laughs> just going, what's the show? I am! <laughs> I am watching like, it already! You know, it's, that, that, that stuff, that's such fun nostalgia for me, it's Vince, yeah. I, miss, I miss Vince. All these distinctive voices from like, yeah, the, the Vin, yeah, Vince, yeah. the Fink, Ventura, Monsoon, they, they, they sounded so distinctive, it's like, Saxton, now, uh, compa- oh, I get it, it's, <laughs> it seems unfair to make the comparison really, does No, it's but, fair. Bad News Gertner on TPWW form says, my first memory was age 5 watching Sunday morning WWF Superstars in 1987, seeing Kamala give some poor jobber a top rope splash right before I had to go to church. I was immediately hooked. I told my parents what I just watched and they explained to me that what I watched wasn't real uh, in what I'm guessing was a failed attempt to prevent me from trying my new wrestling moves at school. So there you go. Kamala gets a nod here for the, uh, the first... Again, is this just larger than life character? The, the reason I wanted to mention this one particularly and, and some of the others previously, that larger than life element... Is that why people aren't getting as hooked now? There really aren't that many larger than life kind of guys in WWE. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's no, no, it's kind of it's almost frowned upon through our arrogance now because the but our age maybe or maybe younger but who've forgotten those characters. It's like it was frowned upon, and especially the indie stuff. But to the masses, it's yeah, absolutely. That's, that's to draw people in. That's why Cena's Cena. When when I was kind of thinking about um, SummerSlam '90. 
something that I, I kind of realised when looking at it was um, Jim Duggan's a shit man to send out in the search yeah. party um, <laughs> was just the diversity of of what everybody not just you know we're talking about how, how the way people sound but the diversity of what everybody looked like um, and even though like WWE are trying to change a little bit now with certain signings there was a good block of time where they seemed to think that charisma equaled a good body and a handsome face or whatever they just thought like if you had those you got charisma and it's like you know but and I think I think probably as a kid watching it even though everyone wore ridiculous outfits and the whole premise of like you know these moves and stuff were just ridiculous the, the, the probably the whole roster became a lot more real because for every for every Hogan you had an earthquake for every Rude you had a Jake the Snake it wasn't like Everybody had like a different look to them. Like some of them, you know, some didn't look like that. They, they they took themselves seriously and they built them. And then others looked like they had a different technique as to how they were going to be a good wrestler by eating themselves to death, pretty much. <laughs> and just thinking, I know, I'll gain weight, and that way, no fucker can can pick me up, you know. And it's just like, but for a long period of time in in, in wrestling, it was just came this thing that everyone it was that cookie cutter thing where like everyone had to look the same. <coughs> if everybody looks special, nobody does. There was extra depth in the character. It goes all right back to what you look like when you walk through that curtain. And so Earthquake looking like, you know, like someone my dad would hire to be a plumber or something, walking out. <laughs> but then, like, but then being kind of deadly and stuff, uh, uh, kind of brought like a, a certain element of realism to uh, an otherwise obviously uh, fake uh, match that you would see between him and Hogan. You know, they're trying, they're trying to work around a little bit today by hiring the likes of like the Zanes and the Owens, something like that. They aren't necessarily like a cookie cutter that they used to go for, but it's fucking desperate for talent. That's yeah, they're desperate for talent. Yeah. yeah, desperate for talent, which is which is unfortunately the way they're going. It's just a shame that they don't they don't have that type of variety anymore in terms of what people look like and what they could contribute. That's what I'm hoping Nakamura well, will do well because he, yeah. look, he looks different naturally and he acts differently yeah. naturally. Well, I mean, you you could argue, possibly argue the case that someone like say. The Vord villains are a little bit of a throwback in the sense of it's more of a more of a cartoonish type of characteristics that they're showing. Ragging on the commentators, I mean, they do such a poor job in the way that they're. Yeah, you know, it, it's not enough to just sort of push these new characters out there. You know, you need the story behind it. You need the the vignettes. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you don't lazy about yeah, that. Lately. Yeah, and you, yeah, and you didn't get that with the Vord villains. And the commentators didn't explain anything about it when they came out. So you could have done some humorous vignettes yeah. with the Vord villains to bring them in. That could have been their charm of how they get over in the first place. Mm-hmm. Two guys like just that's, wandering that's, out as that, they are. That, what that's proud that, of that, they that's how they got initially over in like in the NXT bubble. NXT, they, like you said, it's they, a bubble. They, yeah, I know it's a bubble. Yeah, I know it's a bubble. But they did similar things like that where they run vignettes and angles and stuff to get the gimmick over. And then yeah, they did. But Liam's right. It goes to laziness, and part of that is this sense of well we've already done the introductions on NXT so we can just wheel them out yeah. there yeah. this week this week and they're the, the talking about the brand split and it's like the audience is fucking dead because I think half of them didn't realise oh, what was going on of course they that, don't know what's going on that segment was fucking atrocious not to go off on one but like yeah. that, that mm-hmm. segment was fucking atrocious by every freaking measurable way tie it back in you, you, can, you can see examples of the more outlandish characters that could draw a younger audience in but without, without them being presented properly it, it's still going to fall flat. What it is to say as well, it's just the pretense of, you know, it being a work. Like, the company doesn't... It's tongue-in-cheek yeah, yeah. at best. It's mm-hmm. like, I was, you know... And, you know, I understand why it's got to be like that, given you know, the modern you know, environment, climate in, in the world, you know, the internet and everything. Everyone is going to find out. But that takes away from so many, like, distracts from the values of making guys individual and personality that it's, it's just fucking hard. Everything's half-assed. 
presentation to character. My final heaven on TPWW form says the Friday night show where Macho Man completed his turn against Hogan when they were the Mega Powers. They were fighting the Twin Towers, Bossman and Akeem that night, and I remember one of them knocking Elizabeth off the apron, Hogan taking her to the back and legitimately being worried for her safety because I was seven. My mum ended up turning off the TV because I was actually angry about what was happening. Which uh, which begs the question, if there was ever an incident in our childhoods, I'm curious to know, that got you legitimately angry in the same way? Probably when Sean put Marty through the barbershop. That, that was what just made your blood boil. I just love the rockers so much. Yeah. Carl, is it, was it take a beat in Hogan? No, actually, it was um, it was Flair winning the Rumble, of really? all things, yeah. As a, as a Hulkamaniac, and having Flair win the Rumble, I was just absolutely raging. Absolutely blood boiling, frothing at the mouth, vein in the forehead, the whole works. The only one I can really, I can really remember, like palpable, like the actual feeling of rage, child rage. Uh, and I've mentioned this over and over again, and it's 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 one, two, three, kid and raise one. Oh that's, yeah, that's the of course, that's the that's one. The, that's the one I just remember, just thinking like. It was a fluke. Shit I've seen oh, so it was far. a fluke. The one that actually I remember being really pissed off by was Backlund beating Brett for the direct title when that happened. Oh, yeah, that that I was fuming. That's yeah. Backlund. Ah, yeah, but that's like a different thing, though. Juan Manforce on the UK fan forum says, "My earliest memories are from the very early '90s. I can't be more specific than that because I must only have been around three at the time. Every Sunday we would have a family gathering at my grandparents' house, where my severely handicapped uncle also lived. He was always into big, dumb action and comic violence, so naturally he loved wrestling and especially." Hulk Hogan. Barely a Sunday went by when the best of Hulkamania, or Hulkamania Forever, didn't get stuck in the VHS, and it always captivated me. I can vividly remember the video covers, but strangely nothing that was on the tapes. <laughs> I guess work rate mattered to this three-year-old. My uncle also had a WWF sports bag with photorealistic neon cartoons of the Hulkster, Ultimate Warrior, and Randy Savage emblazoned on it, which really drove home that these were colourful, larger-than-life characters that kids couldn't help but love, and a 12-inch talking Hogan pull-string toy that I countless hours of fun playing with. Christ, imagine if they made one of those today. <laughs> a drawstring Hogan toy. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a Dino Bravo match in there somewhere. That rings a bell. I think that maybe the, an MSG cage match with Bossman's on one of them. I remember the superplex off the cage on, on Bossman. Was, um, wasn't that a Saturday night's main event? I can't remember. I just remember that match Wasn't that where Zeus debuted at the start, wasn't it? I don't know. Stood, stood in the doorway of the, of the cage, not letting Hogan enter. I can't remember. With the worst kick and then the double shot to the trapeze area <laughs> the trapeze I'm sure that's what he said on commentary I think Jesse says that <laughs> just kind of as, as, in, as in first memory so what about um, uh, with the Judge Champers mentioned there uh, tapes wrestling tapes yeah SummerSlam 90 SummerSlam 90 was the first one I ever yeah. bought I remember that vividly I, th I think the, the first the first two I remember is the same as you SummerSlam 90 being, being lent back to the official copy and seeing the um the warrior rude pictures and the yeah. uh, Hogan well on the front that said double main event so I thought I'm getting a great deal yeah. with this video <laughs> yeah and the only other one I can't remember which rumble it was uh, the rumbles where with, with the picture with the animated picture of all the uh, oh, the yeah. they did like, they did two images. or three of those yeah, it, was, didn't it, was they? it was either 91 or 92 depressingly I, th I think the first proper like Coliseum home video I had was actually King of the Ring 95 oh that's oh, right I think it really was because like, like, all the others I had you know, recorded off TV at the time, so I never never went out and bought them, or or I'd either back in the days where you could actually rent wrestling videos from the from the, the, the shop, video store, the video shop, yeah. 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 not to the video store. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd rent a ton. Of, yeah, I would possibly rent in the same title multiple times. I used to do that all the time as I was a kid. Rumble '92 being a, being a prime example, but no, I think worryingly the first one I ever actually physically bought was King of the Ring '95. I love the idea of a oh, self. God. 
deprecating Hogan pull string toy coming out now. <laughs> We're all a little racist, brother. <laughs> I can't remember buying any myself. I don't think you but did. By that point, you were probably... You, you I was getting into it, and I was, I was, a, I was a hoarder. I wanted yeah. everything I could get my hands on to watch it repeatedly, so... Uh, Dibley13 on WrestlingForum.com says, His first memory was Kane's debut. It blew my mind as a child, and from then on I started watching with my uncle, at first just to see more of Kane and Undertaker, who both fascinated me. I've been a lifelong fan of the two for having got me into it, and I have a soft spot for, my, for the monster types too. Guys like them and Big Show were my favourites when I was younger. I can't believe he brought up Hell in a Cell and didn't mention Sean. Well, again, it's larger in life when you were a kid. Oh, what what stands on. out to you, you know? Yeah, there was blood, though. There was blood. Um, Sec69 on Pro Wrestling Only says, My grandfather was a big wrestling fan. When he'd go to Florida for the winter, he'd watch shows there and became a fan of Dusty Rhodes. I would spend summers at my grandparents' house, and the only thing he'd watch on TV, besides baseball and Jeopardy, would be NWA Wrestling on TBS. I'd watch it with him and got hooked. It didn't hurt that it was around 1986 and it was really, really good. I started watching it at home and my mum didn't like it and just figured it was a phase I would grow out of. That obviously never happened. When I started watching the WWF, it was right when they were hitting their peak too, right between Mania 2 and 3. So I guess I started to watch the biggest two companies when they were on a roll and it played a big part in me still watching today. 86 was a class year actually for both companies this was when the horsemen were, mm. were riding high on the, on the saddle and uh, 86 WF is a very underrated great year in its own right so not, not, not a bad bull, one there bull, Bulldogs as tag champs and, and all that jazz yeah boy yeah it's, you know, Savage is Intercontinental Champion the, the, the match with Tito Santana were awesome the, the, the series he did with uh, and they brought in uh, Adonis and Bruno as well great stuff yeah cause, though because I, I can I can sympathise with the, the notion that you you not so much parents but my mother always thought I'd grow out of it. You know, I like, distinctly, alas, distinctly yeah. remember my mom saying to my auntie, "It's a phase; he'll grow out of it." Yeah. And me thinking, "I'm going to show you." Yeah. <laughs> my my my, my mum said exactly the same thing. You know, and alas, you know, two world wars and many years later, I, I still watch. Yeah, to put Liam's into context, when Liam was a kid, we thought he had a photographic memory and they took him to Mensa but he, used to, he was obsessed with learning all kinds of things he loved his game shows he'd taken all this general knowledge then he got into wrestling and it all went down <laughs> from there my IQ yeah. just went fucking south DJ Convoy on the FW board says I think my earliest wrestling memory might be the Greg Valentine segment on TNT where he gets a massage I thought he was a real creep and I kind of dug him for it Wrestling didn't really hook me as a little kid. I watched here and there and liked certain characters. Piper, Steamboat, JYD, Macho Man. Uh, but didn't really seek it out too much. We watched Primetime and TNT sometimes, and then eventually just an occasional Saturday Night's main event, and then nothing. When my parents got divorced in the mid-90s, I'd go hang out with my dad, and he watched wrestling, particularly WCW. So initially I got back into it uh, as to have something to do with him. Then the luchadors and the NWO hit, and I really got into the whole thing. So interesting there. That kind of, that kind of drip feed, bit, bits and pieces kind of a thing. There's a few people who are... Who kind of fit that mod we've uh, got feedback from today Dastardly Dale Newstead on TPWW says I'm going to cheat and say I have two WrestleMania 5 on tape when I was either two or three years old I remember the main event of Savage vs Hogan it was particularly the blood for whatever reason the beating Savage was putting on Hogan seemed very dramatic Hogan honestly seemed on the verge of death and Savage pummeled his bleeding body I suppose it was a good thing I'd never seen a Hogan match before because well I suppose they probably would have seen that finish coming my other more clear memory I have was Davey vs Brett at Wembley on Scramble television 
i.e. we only got the audio and could only see the scrambled image of the two on TV over the days of basic cable. I guess you have to give credit to Vince, and I believe it was Brain as well, as the story being told in the rink is not even only here in the commentary, it was dramatic. I was five years old and I was into Brett because he was Canadian and also awesome, and I cried when, I, when he lost. Now, I specifically remember Brett being on offense for most of the match and thinking he seemed the superior wrestler for that reason, and was upset that it sounded like he got caught in a lucky pin. Uh, funnily enough, that's exactly what Brett was going for. <laughs> so, similarly, though, in terms of childhood memories, that, that, that obviously, I mean, and Carl, you were there live for, for SummerSlam Night 2, I believe. I, uh, in terms of an emotional impact, I remember vividly as a little kid crying at the finish because because uh, Brett wouldn't shake Bulldog's hand. <laughs> really? Yeah, I remember crying and walking to the living room and like, yeah, again, give me some credit. I was five year, five six years old here. I'm like, Mom, can I rent this video again? <laughs> <laughs> it might be different next time. Because <laughs> yeah. naturally, you'd think, yeah, I'd, I'd love the fact that the yeah, my abiding memory would be would be Bulldog winning the belt, but. It, but it really wasn't as a, as a kid at the time. My, my abiding memory of that show nails. Oh gee, <laughs> my abiding memory of that show is actually the um, the hearse. Really? Yeah. yeah. Of all the things, I was going to. Well, that, 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 that and the motorcycles. The LOD entrance. LOD on the motorcycles. Again, entrances yeah. though goes to what you were saying before, which about Savage. Yeah. Uh, uh, Summerslam '92 is like a big one that I remember, uh, like just being like uh, a lot more publicised. Yeah, it's all those key things that you you remember, like with with, with the Undertaker's entrance. Definitely the, the LOD with the motorbikes, and also you know Savage Warrior, the whole deal. I, I do, I, I just the only thing that I don't remember as well is I remember Brett versus um, Davy Boy. But I think I said this before. I don't remember that being the last match. Yeah, yeah. For some weird reason, this is when like you know memories become. You start questioning like what exactly is it you're remembering. Uh, but I always just thought that was the penultimate match. I, I never remember that being the end of the show for some reason. So Liam, when you cried, was, yes. you, was you crying in happiness because they did shake? Yes. Okay. I, I, was, I was emotionally caught up by the fact that Brett and Davy Boy, Bulldog just looking as gormless as could be at the end, sticking his hand out, and absolutely fucked, <laughs> as you would say. Uh, KedzEZ on the F4W board, or Keds, says that uh, his first memory is Bret Hart winning the 93 King of the Ring, only to be attacked by the dastardly Jerry the King Lawler during the coronation to end the broadcast to start their feud for that summer. I was appalled and very upset. I probably cried. I was like five, so give me a break. Brett was my guy. Always was, all throughout the 90s after that. Preferred him to Sean, but my favourite matches were always those two together. We'd rented the tape from the local video store probably sometime in 94 95. They had a good little stash of wrestling tapes that me and my older brothers and their friends would come over and watch and wrestle around. I was the young boy, so I always ended up doing the job. That's a sad tale. Actually, I remember you put me in Boston Crabs as a shoot yeah. when I was a little kid, Kieran, yeah, you bastard. Yeah. Just toughening you up. Just, just, just as kids, how many of you actually did try that? Oh, of course. Home? I always oh, tried okay. Of course. Yeah. Well, I was obsessed with doing power drivers. Uh, yeah, me too, actually. See, yeah. see when, when my sisters always used to say it was fake, I'd put them in the figure four leg lock. They were stupid enough to let me do it. Mm. Thinking well, it's fake, thinking you, yeah, yeah, It's yeah, fake, yeah. It, this won't hurt, and then, you know, it does. just wrench it in. Yeah. <laughs> Carl the Shooter Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Back to this sort of. This is Lou Thess taught you. Shooter Jones. <laughs> Shooter Jones. Wanna wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> but, back, but back to the uh, to the um, to the video story. <laughs> how, how, how excited would you get when a new wrestling video appeared in there that you could rent? Oh yeah, because because the video should take so long to come out by then. I remember even when it's a, like Brawl in the Family '95. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think was it. Um, it was the videotape for I think it was the '91 Rumble. And this shows how long it had taken to come out. That on the cassette before, they were advertising the gravest challenge to be released on VHS in September 1992. Oh Jesus Christ, people! Come on, 
God <laughs> damn you, Silver Vision. <laughs> Six on TPWW form says, WCW Saturday night on this obscure Polish channel. Uh, commentary by two drunk guys who most likely had no idea about wrestling, so they just made shit up. They would make up names for wrestlers, names for moves, etc. I remember Johnny B. Bad was fighting someone, and they referred to him as Johnny Tutti Fruity. Also, I remember Roadblock was on the card as well, and I thought that's the most hilarious shit ever. <laughs> what an introduction that is. The Roadblock gets in there. I don't know. My, my guess is the commentary team could have just been... Gene and Bobby after closing time. <laughs> you wouldn't know any yeah. difference. <laughs> yeah, especially during that time. By Tour on WrestlingFor.com says Hogan versus Orndorff cage match from an early '87 Saturday night's main event. I knew who Hogan was going in. It was the '80s. He was huge. But the match and the controversy of whose feet touched first hooked me. I also felt sorry for Mr. Wonderful. All those people were booing him. What did he ever do to them? I decided to go against the grain and cheer for Mr. Wonderful. And that's how I became a heel fan from day one. So, uh, yeah, that's quite an interesting thing. I quite like the, hearing the, uh, how the heel fans became heel fans. Sympathy yeah. for the fact that everyone's against them, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Otto Demvons on the UK fan form for his first ever memory of wrestling. Rikishi's ass. <laughs> It was the summer of 2000. I was seven and the WWF was hot in the UK. The talk of the playground, in fact. So I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Adding Smackdown to my Saturday morning Sky TV routine of The Simpsons and Soccer AM was an inspired decision. And while Raw was always on past bedtime, I don't think I missed an episode of The Blue Brand until late 2002. Over the school holidays, I must have watched a Smackdown with Rikishi holding the IC title as I clearly remembered uh, being corrected that the champion was now Val Venus by a primary school friend who was clearly into looking at results on the internet even then. Bellend. <laughs> as to why it was Rikisha that grabbed my attention, it's unclear as I write this. I'm assuming that the cool music and the novelty of a fat bloke dancing in sunglasses ignited my passion for something I still watch over 15 years later. During that summer holiday, I'm pretty sure they showed SummerSlam during an afternoon, so also remember the TLC match very clearly. I was overawed at the stunts, and wondered what would happen if the belts dropped from the ceiling and randomly hit the mat during the match. I think I assumed the first person to grab them would still win and envisaged a tug of war uh, as a finishing sequence, a finish they could still use today. Oh, WWF 2000. The Rock was the coolest man on earth, I was innocent, and Rikishi was my favourite wrestler. During that time period, again, still tons of larger-than-life guys around. Rikishi, Kane, as much as, much as you, know, you rip Kane now. There are tons of Kane fans, and the allure is that, again, he's kind of a throwback to that kind of 80s cartoon heel in many ways. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on, the, on board with that one there. Uh, Project Nim on the UK fan form says, My earliest memory would have been watching World of Sport on ITV as a nipper. I couldn't understand why the men good guy Big Daddy never seemed to wrestle chief villain Giant Haystacks. One Saturday when I was around 10, ITV screened a tag match from the then WWF. This is my first watch of American wrestling, and the contrast between it and English wrestling couldn't have been starker. This wasn't emanating from a dark town hall in Dewsbury, it was a well-lit <laughs> arena. The lights, the colours, who's the man outside the ring with a megaphone? I was mesmerised by what I saw. It was like a chimp from the deepest Borneo jungle being taken to the waltzes. I'm amazed I didn't soil myself. I always believed the match in question to have been the Hart Foundation and the Rockers. However, Google informs me it was Strike Force winning the match, rather than the latter duo. I didn't get to see any more WWF until a family friend started recording it for me off Sky shortly before SummerSlam 91. From that point on, I've always been a fan. And that's an interesting one because that kind of goes uh, back to kind of something I kind of wanted to bring up anyway, which was my memory of, of, of being a fan of first memories, and this will probably speak to a lot of the, the listeners, was that wrestling was not easy to get a hold of to, oh, to, to, it was so hard to find you know, current footage it was always again like yeah, that's why the video store has such an allure for so many people yeah. because it was like we're finally getting to see in 93 the 91 pay-per-views and stuff like that my mum wasn't a fan of my sisters obviously weren't fans it was just me and, and occasionally the old man I think it's more a lack of awareness of yeah. 
nowadays you know what channel something's on whereas back then there was some stuff on Sky One there was some stuff on Sky Sports and then there was even a, a period where it was on Eurosports and you just, you didn't know which show was on which which station that sort of thing so the only thing I was watching regularly from from 91 onwards was um was Superstars Superstars was always on Sky on Sky One at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night there was the one thing that my mother would let me watch before bedtime and so I was stuck with that all those you know Boring, shitty squash matches in retrospect, <laughs> with the inset promos. But you know, it, it was the one regular source of wrestling I could get outside of the pay per view. Yeah. Worldwide, of course, was obviously the first time I ever saw wrestling yeah. regularly because it was it was on ITV Saturday afternoon, so we got to see that all the time. But in terms of WWF, after well, A Team and Airwolf, yeah, yeah, shows. Yeah, I just remember, yeah, WCW being on ITV. Uh, on a Saturday afternoon, but like that just being so irregular that like, you couldn't put your clock to it. At least, at least for me, anyway, my memories I couldn't put a cl- uh, I couldn't put my watch to it. And that's why, like, when in two thousand, when when as we explained before, when it when it exploded and wrestling was the biggest it's ever has been and probably ever will be during that time period, and you just saw you you couldn't you couldn't fart without like, knocking some merchandise over from WWF, it was like <laughs> T-shirts, videos, figures, chairs, pencil duvet cases. covers. Fucking Pez dispensers, whatever, just pencil sharpeners, gnomes, just, yeah, gnomes, just anything. You, you Stone walk cold condoms, yeah, no. yeah, fucking slippers or condoms if you want to call them that. But you know, it's just, <laughs> just, 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 just everything you could think of, right? Just had WF symbol on it, and that's when I was just like, like, what the fuck? It seemed like you were in, you were like Charlie in a chocolate factory. You'd like, you're like, holy fucking shit, wrestling's absolutely huge, and now everybody loved it. I had a flashback then. I think when he's reading that one, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was aware of Big Daddy. Yeah, we obviously with the UK fan, we got a ton of World of Sport references yeah. in terms of their introduction. I don't remember any of it. I remember don't, references too, but I don't remember. Yeah, any I don't of remember it. what. I mean, I was. I don't th- think I'd ever seen it. It's difficult not to. To, to sort of have, have the sort of hindsighty vision of it, but I, I do sometimes think if my first exposure to wrestling was World of Sport, whether or not I would have ended up being a fan. Yeah, I always wonder that too. Yeah. If I'd have seen something different, because yeah. it's it, it's one thing to see a larger than life character like Hogan. It's another thing to just see you know fat big dad, <laughs> <laughs> fat as bad as me. Basically, yeah, but, yeah. but you know. It, it, it doesn't strike yeah. me as being this larger-than-life character. He's just very fat and sweats. That's actually a really key thing, kind of determining like the, what, how, how what people actually stay on to watch wrestling. Obviously, like with some people, with a lot of people, it's just something that clicks with them. But like, it's quite interesting. Like, I wonder how many people that could have potentially been fans didn't become fans because when they did watch wrestling they didn't watch that one thing that, that engaged them they, caught, they saw Brutus Beefcake and just instantly <laughs> fucking switched off instead of seeing fucking Mr. Perfect or Hogan or something like that I wonder how many instances there's been like that where people just missed out on on, fa- on being a fan because they tuned in at the wrong minute I remember someone vividly uh, telling me at my, my old workplace that they tried watching wrestling once and they saw a guy called Mr. Ass <laughs> and that was the end yeah. <laughs> they never watched it again yeah. King Pitcoss on the UK Fan Mom says the first wrestling I watched was Wrestlemania 7 my mate down the road had taped it and showed it to me I don't really remember it but I don't. But I think I didn't particularly get it uh, as spring went on I started collecting the cards with the blue borders oh that takes you back uh, and Hulk Hogan on the packet then we got cable in the summer and I started watching my first specific show memory is of SummerSlam 91 and the WWF magazine with Bulldog on the cover 
Canada. I got it from Asda Small Heath, also the site of one of my most vivid wrestling memories. In early 92, a games magazine had screenshots of Super WrestleMania on the snares, and the wrestler selection screen had photos of the wrestlers. I'd never been more excited for anything ever. So video games is an interesting one here to kind of lure people in, because similarly, Royal Rumble on the Mega Drive was a, was a big one for me. I'm not sure if it was a game. An arc, there was an arcade game. Wrestle yes. Fest. Wrestle Fest. That's that was I wasted so much money in those oh, things. Oh, yeah, that was the bomb. Oh, it was excellent. The they even came down on the motorised carts. That was <laughs> yeah. wonderful. No, the, 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 I, I, I never remember any of the early wrestling games. The only one I remember is the, um, the arcade one they had where they had the, like, the, the Mortal Kombat graphics, basically the photo reel. Oh, oh, in your house. Had, like, yeah, oh, no, God, no, they the were one, shit. It was one before in your house. It was the, WrestleMania. Uh, yeah. WrestleMania. Uh, that Shite. probably... That probably didn't do me any favours in terms of trying to get back into wrestling again to see the fucking Tombstone. It's a shocking game. I knew it was a shit game, and yet I still bought it because yeah. it was a wrestling yeah. game. Me too, me yeah. too. I searched long and hard for it in your house because no shop carried it because it was such yeah. a piece of shit. I finally got it, and I was so disappointed. It was only when WCB vs. The World came along oh, okay. when I got found a wrestling game that I yeah. loved. Dean yeah. the, the, first, the, first, the first one always got me, and, and it's the cliched one. It, it was SmackDown because I, I remember I, I got Attitude. I got the Attitude game, and I, that, that game sucked. I that loved game. that game oh, at the time. I hated it. I hated it. They did this ridiculous thing in the game where you had to go through like multiple button presses oh, just yeah. to execute a rock, uh, 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 people's elbow. So when I saw SmackDown for the first time and they showed you the new graphics and at the time that was like shit hot graphics and then it just revealed like, yeah, all finishers, you just press L1. I lost my freaking mind. I can't even it's tell a you big how many, deal for you. I can't even tell it's you how game many people, how many people's <laughs> elbows I did on Road Dog. I just oh, freaking finish yeah. him off, you know, it's just like Tiger Rick on the UK fan form says mine was also watching World of Sport with my granddad in the mid eighties. I remember our routine more than the wrestling, if I'm honest. We had a big train set that we'd build, then we'd go to the model shop and buy something to add to it, fish and chips on the way back, then we'd add the new bit to our railway village, send the trains around the track twice, and granddad would say, Right, get that put away, the wrestling's on. <laughs> I wasn't into Big Daddy much I preferred the faster and smaller guys uh, so when I first discovered the WWF uh, just through a friend tell me about it and bring his Wrestlemania 3 tape round I loved Savage over Hogan I guess I've always been a bit of a work rate pervert he says <laughs> so uh, yeah I don't know first impressions of kind of what you liked in wrestling was there a, a kind of style that you kind of grabbed a guy a style I mean what really kind of appealed to you because I loved Rude when I was younger, and Cheat. I loved I loved Vader. Well, I didn't love Vader. I was terrified of Vader, but Vader was the guy I was impressed by because he just fucking ha- you know kill people. Doink creeped me out. Oh yeah, as a kid, and and having watched you know, Stephen King's It, that combined was just a bit bit creepy for me. Yeah, I was obviously I guess I was a Warrior fan. Yeah, that's what I was. I, my, my my memories of you, I was a Warrior fan. So I think I just liked his colourful pants because I remember having a multicolored bum bag at the time oh yeah fanny pack for Americans out there yes so I was obviously into like neon colours so but work rate I don't think I really was at that point no I, I totally wasn't I wasn't discerning was, I just watched everything it was when it was probably like 94 and Sean and it's like wow the ladder good. match yeah well I love the rockers though yeah. And, although they did have neon, so it could have been that was a good. Yeah, game. yeah. But I just, yeah. I loved their matches. Yeah. So it, 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 it was it was the cold for time. It was like savage. It was because I, I, my my portrayal at the time was that Hogan, even with the yellow and red, looked bland. Yeah, in comparison, I that too. in comparison to Savage and Rude, where Savage just had like, such great kind of garments on all the time, and Rude always had, like, always comes back to him. And, and Rude had like custom tights. Yeah, you know, no one else had the custom, custom tights. tights. I really can't remember what my opinion of Rude was, other than I thought that Rude White didn't look like it. Fucking hurt. Oh, devastating yeah. finisher. I can't imagine many people, in truth, were, were drawn in through any sort of work rate. Well, I mean, for me, it was, it was just it was the characters. Yeah, of course. 
across. So characters that just grab your attention. And, and look, what, look, look at the current demographic of WWE where they're talking about how the, the most common age of wrestling fans is over 50 now. Mm. Because, again, as the product has shifted towards what the internet wants a little bit more, it's kind of getting away from what I think naturally draws the people, which is not necessarily great matches back and forth per se on a regular basis, although you kind of need to do that for the, for the sake of the show. But uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting little dynamic there. Maybe not as accessible to younguns. Who knows? Uh, Tim Evans on Pro Wrestling Only says, I remember turning into the preview channel one Saturday afternoon and seeing the preview to the Royal Rumble 95 with Bret Hart versus Diesel. That got my interest. And then I saw some footage of HBK and I was hooked. The match I vividly remember getting me hooked was Sean versus Tatanka. I got into WCW around the time of the first Nitro. So, uh, yeah. It's definitely Sean Michaels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely Sean. Uh, Stuart Simiter on the Facebook page is the first thing I remember watching was two things uh, SummerSlam 91 and watching Brett win the IC title but looking back at my first memory I think was Warrior vs Slaughter on the main event with The Undertaker coming down and ended up coming out of a casket it's probably the reason when I heard The Undertaker's music for a year I'd run out the room to be fair I was six at the time so uh, yeah I can't say I was ever scared of The Undertaker when I was, when I was younger never had that kind of impression on me uh, again no. Papa Shango was another one though that, that creeped me out yeah it wasn't creepy, mate. Oh, I know. He was a topic of discussion on the playground, though. Yes. When he made some, was it oil or something come out of? Oh, Shango. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, the goo, the black goo the came goo. out of, uh, yeah, and I think he, he vomited on the MT. Yeah. Not so much with the warrior, though. That's not what I found as John. When it was Oakland. Oakland got, Oakland got, got, got involved in Jeremy hand going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to see Oakland involved in something like that was not something you ever saw, so that was, God, what's happened to Gene? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody help Gene! <laughs> Joe Wakely on the Facebook page says my first memory of professional wrestling was from a February Sunday night in 2001 flicking through the channels all five what a choice as a young innocent 13 year old boy oh, let's not go crazy Joe uh, I flicked on <laughs> the channel line? a young innocent 13 year old boy <laughs> claims he was I flicked onto channel 4 and saw a rerun on Sunday Night Heat of The Rock vs The Big Show for the right to face Kurt Angle at No Way Out 2001 I was immediately interested, and although my viewing lull uh, lasted until April 1st, 2001, WrestleMania X7, where that bastard Stone Cold defeated God himself, The Rock. At the time, it was the Attitude Era boom, and all my mates at school would wrestle on the playground. Fast forward 15 years later, I've been wrestling for nearly 10 years. Safe to say, they not only influenced me as a fan, but also for a profession. Thanks to the WWE Network, I get to watch this moment anytime I so desire happy effing days. Can you imagine, again, having the network? When you're a kid, uh, in terms of accessibility, yeah. like it's just night and day. It's ridiculous. Blow my mind. It would have, but yeah, I've gone fucking crazy for that as a kid. These kids today who can't remember the pre-internet world. I know. Stephen Sutton on the Facebook page says, "My late nan, who died four months ago, bought the September '96 issue of the WWF magazine, which had Phineas Godwin dumping contents of the bucket onto Sonny with the headline: <laughs> Sonny wants so true, I slopped you." <laughs> Said by half a locker room. She was also the person who bought me my first few tapes, which were SummerSlam '92, Year in Review '95. What a rip. <laughs> oh, God. Great, that must have been short. Great American Bash 92. Good show. And Survivor Series 91. Not so much. Uh, and this year I celebrate 20 years as a wrestling fan. So they're getting relative. Relatives dragging people in here. Yeah. Flashy McFlash on the FW board says, Probably around 83 or 84. So I'm 3 or 4 years old. I'm watching wrestling with my cousin and Ricky Steamboat's wrestling some jobber. My cousin asked me who I want to win and I picked the jobber because he's wearing purple tights and Steamboat's wearing what I thought were boring white ones. My cousin makes fun of me for cheering for the bad guy and that Steamboat was way better. 
Guess who won? I didn't actually become a fan until 1988 when Hogan lost the title because I didn't like Hogan. <laughs> so, so there's the flip side of the Hogan one, I suppose. Although, again, plenty of people who weren't uh, keen on Hogan, myself included, uh, growing up. Just, just didn't really Still the sucked guy. in by him, though. Because Hogan lost. There's still that gravitational pull. Give the Orange Goblin some love. Yeah. Albert's 35 on uh, the FOW board says, When Jake the Snake was stuck in the ropes... No, he's not. He's 8 and 3 eights. <laughs> When Jake the Snake was stuck in the ropes, an earthquake smashed the snake bag. Uh, it was just on TV on Saturday morning because people were over, and the channel never got changed after cartoons since I was a kid, and I thought it was so heartbreaking and sad. Poor Damien. Squashed by the mighty earthquake. Notice that angle did not get replicated in our show last week. We <laughs> <laughs> booking the WWF. Uh, although, uh, these are the kind of angles that, as a kid, would like be talked about, but I never yeah. got to see. Like, a, a berserker with a knight with, with the sword trying to stab yeah. Undertaker. Yeah, no, no, stuff like that. The goo I never saw. Yeah, no, 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 Playground tour. Yeah, yeah. See, I, 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 I did get to see the goo. I didn't get to see the uh, the sword. Um, nails beating the shit out of the boss man was always a vivid one on Superstars. Oh, that was great. I remember yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Less said about the match, the better. But the the earthquake one again. That was one, that was one I didn't get to see. Um, I just had it as in the still frames in the in the magazine that I, I'd get every month. But then to watch it back now, I don't, I don't know if anyone's seen it recently. Jake sort of kicking away at the bag that's yeah. really, really, really hamming it up yeah I, I, you know you mentioned about like uh, you know Undertaker and Papa Shango's being characters that like creeped you out um, I, th- those two didn't for me because they probably came across as maybe too too cartoony not silly but, but, but yeah too silly but like, but um, but Jake even in a babyface role uh, that I, that I, that I, can't I don't want to know that man they're, 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 yeah there's something about that guy I thought that guy's just not he's, right he's the stranger that mum says not to talk yeah. to just something about, and, 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 it wasn't, and it wasn't just not like just necessarily just the unfortunate way he looks but just the, the snake just the whole thing of like what kind of what kind of what kind of guy elaborate on the unfortunate well, you know, way he looks well it's kind of the filthy looking uncle you know it's the moustache isn't it it's the moustache put your hand in the sack see if you can feel the snake you know it's that kind of like in a baby face role he, he was a creepy fucker I just remember thinking that that guy's not right and then obviously when he like turned heel it was just like I knew it I knew, all along. I knew that guy was bad and now he's coming after my boy and look he's at him coming after my man right look, now look at him in those fucking leather trousers and Christmas jumper oh what a, <laughs> what a wonderful no, motif no. he's always no. he's always been the snake that you've got to worry about no, 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 if ever there was a Christmas card you don't want to receive a <laughs> picture of him on the front no. well considering his idea of four place hitting the undertaker with a chair <laughs> you know. yeah. <laughs> Dub J on WrestlingForum.com I like this one I was probably five or six years old and it was sometime in the early 80s a big gorilla obviously someone in a gorilla suit had been running around outside the ring messing around with the fans eventually that gorilla beat the shit out of JYD costing him a match JYD would later show up as Stagger Lee I would laugh at Stagger Lee constantly uh, made reference to his best friend JYD as even as a child I knew it was really JYD under the mask sometime later JYD returned and Stagger Lee disappeared years later I discovered it was a loser leaves town match between JYD and DBRC and then it was why JYD had to assume the Stagger Lee identity it's funny how a child's brain processes things when all that stuff was going on I didn't fully understand everything that was actually happening but it was just so much fun that's why I look back so fondly at Mid-South Wrestling it seemed like there was always something cool happening this, uh, the gorilla angle was, uh, was Duggan right it, Duggan comes out of the gorilla suit and attacks JYD or 
Dugan, as uh, Bill Watts insisted mm. on calling him constantly, but that was a fantastic angle. I wish that like I got to see like Mid South, like a, yeah. a TV, a regular TV like that as a kid. Which I, again, I never got to see regular TV outside of Worldwide, which was cack, and relied on like WWF magazine to kind of keep me updated on what was really going on. But uh, seeing something, Give me the scoop. Yeah, exactly. Seeing something like that when I was, I mean, well, you know, comparatively speaking, when the Monday Night War started, I mean, that was so jarring to see everything that was going on all the time. But the one flip side to it is the only seeing stuff through like trading cards or magazines these still photos it does create like an aura a mystique about yeah, wrestling absolutely there's no sense of mystique now with, with, well at least not to me anyway with, with, with so much yeah. there constantly and not really all that much to cling to when, when, it's, when it's on and, and also just back then uh, for, for me personally like watching constant TV wasn't like a huge thing of wrestling as long as I saw like all the main, the main shows and so on I, that kind of kept me focused because back then you didn't get heel turns every fucking day of the week you know, like it, you know, Bret Hart was a babyface, and that's how he stayed. You know, like uh, you know, same with Hogan, so on. A lot, lot of a lot of similar characters always stayed on their side of the ring. If you get what I mean, like you know, and what they were doing. So, like, it was only every now and again you got a heel turn. I think, like, with with today's wrestling, or or you know, coming out out of the the Attitude Era, you know, just heel turns, just Big Show alone. You know, it's just you, you know you need to fucking watch TV to keep a, keep a track of who's bad guy and, and who's th- good. Yeah, you got to think though. I mean, it was slower pace. We, like last week's show, ninety one, we had four pay per views. Yeah. TV was squash matches mainly, or just repeating and getting over angles. Much yeah. slower pace. And the, the only other thing you'd get is the occasional Saturday night's main event. Exactly. So yeah. it's like. Yeah. The, the needs yeah. to do that wasn't but, there. but it just kind of felt due to the fact that they they never really shifted talent very often. If you kind of missed a show. You, you didn't always, unless it was a title match, you didn't really miss too much because, you know, the character, you, you know, your favourite was still there. They were still in that position or whatever. Or, the, or because these feuds would go on for ages, you know, that if you missed one match, you'd still get to see the others. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just so fast-paced. If you stop watching for a few weeks, you, you could just miss entire feuds and they're just completely gone. Three hours on a Monday, every Monday will do that. Yeah. yeah. Also, time goes slow when you're a kid, so... Yeah, of course yeah. it does. Boy Better Know on the F4W board says, I remember when I was around four, coming home from doing the food shopping with my mum, she put the TV on for me while she was putting everything away, and it was WCW Worldwide on Channel 5. You poor bastard. <laughs> Real blurry oh, early memories. Then one day at lunch, in school, two of my friends were talking about WWF. I came home and told my mum about it. She taped heat on Channel 4 for me and got me figures of Vader, the Patriot, and Goldust from the market. Uh, they, of course, were a few years old. Uh, I wasn't into it, though. Too young, I think. I was still into Power Rangers. Uh, I ended up getting into it in the summer of 2001. One uh, when I went around my neighbor's house and he w- he had it on. He had all the figures, the PlayStation games, and watched it on Sky. I remember going to Woolworths and getting a set of Sting, Goldberg, and Booker T in the sale as WCW was dead. It didn't matter to the six-year-old though. <laughs> then I went to King of the Ring 2000 from the library and I've been hooked ever since. Quite interesting to see how many people again, and this is kind of representative of how many him and Joe Wake we talked about before fans who came along in that 2000, 2001 era. Otto Dem Vons earlier on talking about Rikishi's ass making a big impact on him too. So. Also, quite interesting. Another kind of aspect in terms of uh, you know people's first memories is also just that general conversation you'd have with, with friends or other kids at school when when talking about wrestling and that kind of general dynamic and so on, and just like uh, their opinions of what's happening and so on. Because I remember, like, whilst I've been completely out of wrestling for a long time, um, once we, were, I think it was there, there was a moment before '99 when I got back in. There was a moment in '98. And my mate uh, Matt came round to my house, and uh, we, I think we had internet by this point. And he asked if he could check up on the the, the, the wrestling results. And I just remember his reaction to to reading some uh, results. I can't remember if it was for Raw. You'll probably be able to pick up the show. 
But all I remember him saying is reading the results of the show and losing his mind because Sable showed her tits. That was literally it. I can't remember what show it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm thinking it's the one where she's got the handprints. That was fully loaded. Fully loaded. Yeah. Yeah, and I just remember that. And I just remember um, as a kid at whatever age I was, like 14, whatever, just kind of thinking like, shit, seriously? Like this woman just showed her tits? And he's just there going, yeah, yeah, there's this, 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 this woman called Shayvon, she always shows her tits. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, okay. And then just like, this, and then when you kind of hearing that stuff, like on the grapevine, where like kids always over exaggerate, you know, and like you, you start hearing about ECW and you're saying, yeah, women wrestle naked on that show, and people like stab each other in the heads. And you're just there going, <laughs> well, like, yeah, if it's and, new, Jack. And, and you do, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and it's just like, you're going, like, what? Fucking really? And then you watch it, you go, there's no naked women wrestling. No one's getting stabbed in the head, unless New Jack's trying, yeah. you know, but it's just like, like just uh, just that kind of I've been sold a bill of goods just, it's just generally that like uh, uh, and with the sable incident where it just turned out like oh well they got like freaking handprints on it so they're not really like they would always just try and make something more so then when we didn't watch it you just kind of go like okay still cool but you're, you're talking out of your ass you know? <laughs> you, you're exaggerating angles way too well here talking about reading the um results on the internet the one is always deadly game oh yeah man like we yeah. were so because uh, we, we were so happy and i thought what, what was the line so, like you Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't go to school that day for whatever reason, and you came in and you was like, well, the good news is The Rock's won. Yes! The bad news is with Vince, and then I was just crestfallen. Because <laughs> we want to cheer Rock so bad. We want so to cheer Rock so bad. And then it, once again, that was taken away from us. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, Call Me Bellend on the UK fan forum says, Alright, Bellend. <laughs> a friend of my parents told me there was a wrestling Spider-Man called Arachnaman. Oh, no. oh no. I never watched wrestling, but I had to see him, so I tuned in after American Gladiators. Arachnaman was cool and everything, but as soon as I saw Sting, I knew he was obviously the guy, and I got behind him straight away. So, a nod there for the legends of the sport. Hogan, Warrior, Savage, and Arachnaman. Brad Armstrong in a mask. Yeah. Important thing is Cactus Jack beat him. <laughs> Stinger, Stinger caught my imagination as a kid as well. The, fa- the face paint thing was it was uh, yeah. there's a lot of appeal for that for me. I wonder if Ascension has the same effect on people these days. <laughs> no, um, it's uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. There was something about I don't know why. Like I thought Sting was my guy in WCW. The, the few times I was able to catch it, um, he was always a guy I was looking forward to seeing. Which is weird because I don't necessarily know what drew me to Sting, but didn't draw me to Ultimate Warrior. In terms of like you know thinking of the whole face paint, Sting like, was more human. Like, more yeah, human, I, I guess like. so. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. But but, but on, on on the surface of watching it, when you just first see them, you know the face paint, the kind of the, the big physiques, you know, uh, the, the no selling, I guess, of offense. I don't quite know why. Ultimate Warrior, I was really kind of like, nah, I prefer Rude. Sting, but with Sting, Sting, I was like, yeah, this guy fucking rules. You can get more sympathy on Sting, and yeah. Sting had great yeah. fire. I mean, Sting's comebacks were still, fiery I still, as balls. Yeah, I still say like Sting's comebacks are my favorite comebacks well, ever. Like, there's something about them. I don't know. How a Team USA was that? The yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was them when uh, they were there with yeah. uh, Rick Bassman. Yeah, so I, do, I do remember him facing um, uh, a cactus and um, and uh, Vader around that time, oh, and just something, just something about him over over the Ultimate Warriors and and and, uh, and the Hogan's, but not Savage. Well, when when Sting talked, he talked like a normal human being who just happened yeah. to have his face painted, as opposed to like Warrior who talked like he was an alien from another planet, pretty much, yeah. or Hawk who just well, well, he probably was coked out of his mind yeah. at the time anyway. So. I think it was just his offense as well, you know, that, you know, the, the score, the, uh, the sharp, uh, the sharpshooter, or um, you know, the stinger splash and so on. You know, it's just always. Uh... I do think his rat tail put me off. 
Yeah, the rat tail from 1990 yeah. was not was not a good look, yeah. to be honest. That's, that should put people off. Baz TNM number one on the UK fan forum says, has to be WWF Wrestling Challenge Show uh, from just before WrestleMania 7. I always remember watching the Viking have a match who turned out to be the Berserker a few weeks later. Uh, I think I also remember watching a fake queen wishing Davy Boy Smith all the luck in the world <laughs> regarding his match with the Warlord at WrestleMania 7. Distinctly remember him breaking that. That Paul Nelson? Paul Nelson, yeah. Oh, yeah, that got, that, that got a lot of playground talk as well of who is the strongest yes. man in the company, yeah. Nexus on the UK fan form says, My first memory is seeing WCW on a German TV whilst in Dortmund visiting my uncle. I have no idea who wrestled or anything, but I can vividly remember the shouts of the commentator, Ein, zwei, drei, as they got the <laughs> pin. I wasn't really interested in it. My first vivid memory is the Royal Rumble 2000, with Cactus Jack and Triple H going at it, and Tucker being killed when he interfered in the Rumble. <laughs> as well as the tables match with the Hardys and Dudleys, with Jeff's mental swanton onto the stack tables was hooked for a while and Jeff is still one of my favourite wrestlers despite all of his problems <laughs> so uh, yeah again Royal Rumble 2000 in the UK that was, that, that was the first preview that was shown on Channel yeah. 4 here so I can imagine that one being a big one too for, uh, for a lot of folks Gay as Fook on the UK fan forum says Ernest the Cat Miller being interrogated backstage by the off-screen powers that be Vince Russo uh. character is honest to God my first memory of wrestling which I guess is a bit like your first romantic experience being a leg over at the bus stop <laughs> I remember it perfectly because wrestling had started to get spoken about a lot in school but I yet to be exposed to it myself this had been in the fall of 99 and I would have been about 8 going on 9. I guess it was a Nitro or Thunder on Bravo, whatever channel they used to sporadically air on. A young me was channel flicking, a rare treat, and probably one brought on by the virtue of my parents being drunk or me staying down at my nan's house. As soon as I figured out what it was, I put the remote down and stared on with rapt interest. I'd heard the playground conversation sh- slowly shift from whether Pokemon Red or Blue was your allegiance to Rock or Austin, but I'd never actually seen any of these human beings. I was amazingly unexposed to wrestling until I started watching it for myself. I guess I could recognise Mankind and Kane from pencil cases and the like, but I had no concept of who, of who Hulk Hogan was, uh, so it stood out as much chance of joining in conversation about the Hardcore Championship as I had an invite next door from the neighbour I fancied for a strawberry cornetto and a quick go off her tits. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, my initial thought was that I hated the talking, despised it. I just wanted to see the shiny fights with none of the fat even though I was more or less immediately fascinated by the soap opera elements of it more. I think the first match I saw on that WCW was Meng versus someone Mamaluke. It might have been all the Mamalukes. Fuck me, how did he become a fan? I was going to say, he's, he's such a trooper to still be, uh, still be watching. I worry about today's generation sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy on the UK fan form says the memory which really stuck with me was the first time I thought this is what I'm going to be super into until my late 20s and just give up on it and the dull smear of grey of life in general was the recap of the Triple H vs Cactus feud building to No Way Out I found WWF on some Sky Channel uh, and been watching Metal and Jack for weeks when I found Smackdown I shit a kitten with excitement let me tell you but there was a bit where Triple H tricked him into a little cage and dragged him off behind a bus I was just super into the little montage and the story and wanted to see Triple H get his comeuppance. A few weeks later there was an ad for the three-way ladder match at Mania. Just the graphic of the three teams and the neon green ladder rotating as Cole talked over it and I was desperate to see it. I picked up the VHS of Mania 16 from WH Smiths and got the Rumble 2000 for my birthday. I still haven't got it signed by Foley. Off topic, but he signed it Cactus Jack Bang Bang. <laughs> but, awesome. I, but I read it as Cactus Jack Big Boy. <laughs> 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 and spent the rest of the day a little bit amused as the way he wanted a slice of Tommy's knocker. <laughs> <laughs> Cactus Jack Big Boy. <laughs> and we'll close it up with Lord Peepness from the FOB board who says a friend of mine named Danny loved pro wrestling and always tried to get me to watch it I never wanted to but I played the uh, NES game and enjoyed it then in 93 I saw Money Inc destroy Brutus Beefcake's face with the dreaded beefcakes 
briefcase and it sold me I've been a fan ever since which is something I believe we can yeah. all relate to around the table you should have renamed it the briefcase yeah the briefcase <laughs> 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 tremendous uh, yeah but uh, we have unfortunately run out of time we had so much feedback if we didn't get to yours this time I apologise we had 20 pages of notes to get through today so uh, understandably we are of course limited by time but hopefully this has been a very fun listen for you guys uh, talk about nostalgic moments and memories of when we all got into wrestling uh, and of course you the loyal listeners as well I want to thank everybody for contributing and for listening we will be back next week for G. John Chase bye for Old Man Jones where's my bottle of Geritol and for Kieran O'Rourke I did not have sexual relations with that woman (laughs) I am Liam O'Rourke and we're out of here see you next week that's the best Nick Cage yet bye bye